Hello and welcome back to Corey's Corner. I am with Jared and Chase for the third time. They need no introduction and what I want to talk about today with you guys is I was actually going through the Rhode Island Constitution Mm -hmm. and I originally wanted to check to see if there were any, um, you know, checks and balances on what the government can do during a pandemic. But what I found is that there's actually an amendment to the Rhode Island Constitution which says that the state cannot legally be in more debt than $50,000. Okay. Um, and the state's in more than $50,000 worth of debt. Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> So the, the, the entire state's breaking the law. What should we do? Well, what's the debt? Not that it really matters, but what's the debt breakdown? Like What what the debt is for? Like what? Yeah. How, I didn't go that deep. Okay. Do you know how much it is? Like how much over 50000 <laughs> Probably million. millions. Dude, yeah. I think like tens or hundreds of millions, if not billions. Dude, they're spending like $10 million on a 10-foot bridge on Sandy Bottom. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that thing's not even done yet. That's, that's crazy. I know. Dude, yeah. the Newport Bridge gets fixed faster than Sandy yeah, Bottom. That. Well, that's an important bridge. Yeah. But Sandy Bottom's not. Yeah, come on, dude. Still, we know, have many people travel to Sandy Bottom. They, they come take on. way too long with that thing. But yeah, no, that's, that's a good question. Like, So the government's breaking the law. So like, and It's definitely just been accruing debt for like, there's no way that anyone's tried to stop it either. Dude, at like $51,000, exactly. someone should have like... Yeah. Said something, no? We're, exactly. Right, like tens of millions. Here's my question. That 50000 so we're over $50,000 in debt. So Well, well I'm not. The well, state like, okay. Is, the state, yeah. Just wait. Just clarify. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, wait. Just clarify. So the state is like definitely in over its head in debt. Yes. Now, are they expecting you to get funds from somewhere else to like fix that deficit? Dude, it's a government. They're never going to pay off the deficit. So, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I feel like they're leaning on the federal government and being like, oh, we're going to get something from them. Oh, that's yeah, a bad, I, think, I think a lot of states exactly. do that. But that's yeah. like a, every state does that. But that's like a bad strategy in itself. Because let's say there's a change of administration. Mm-hmm. All the rules get rewritten, as what happens every time. Pretty much, yeah. Basically, like, we're a blue state, so we're going to benefit money-wise in this administration. But, you know, four years ago... If there's ago, a red president. If there's a red president, you're not. You're not getting that money. Exactly. So it's almost like, by the state getting itself in debt, we literally take a gamble. Like, whenever it's a red president, like, we're not... We're not going to do well financially. I think that's mm. a bad strategy to base uh, even a small government like Rhode Island on. Because you're always tied to whoever is the presidency. Yeah, I and think... that's not sustainable. Yeah. I, I think the states, like... I don't think the federal government should, like, take money from, like, California and give it to Rhode Island. That makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. What so, about, um... I don't know. Economists love tolls. What about tolls? Dude, I fucking hate the tolls. Like tractor trailer tolls? Dude, I think those I, are a good idea. Bro, no, I, I think it's a bad it. idea. Why? Communism. Okay. Communism. Hot, no, hot take because of Connecticut. So Connecticut threw in a bunch of tolls. And no, everybody, Connecticut doesn't have tolls. Yes, it does. Not on 95. Dude, bro, everybody Not hates, on 95. I drive it. I drive it every, like, bro, all the time. Bro, every trucker hates Dan Malloy because of the tolls. Yeah, but they can't. Here's my thing. They can't avoid Rhode Island. It's literally free money, dude. <clears throat> but yes, this is... But, yeah, they can't, but you don't want to disincentivize them from moving through Rhode Island. How could they it's, not? It's, they have to. So they can't get to mass. You're going to find... Dude, if the opportunity cost is not there, people will find another way. Any other way would cost them more than it would be worth. Right now. For now, moment. yeah. For now. In the future. I mean, unless the they future build another 95. You never know. I mean... The thing, with, the thing with the tolls is they're making it sound like the truckers pay it. Well... It's it's not the truckers. It's the consumer at the end of the day. Exactly. That's that, it gets added on to what the consumer pays. You also got to think of like local truckers and stuff. Like dump trucks, I don't have to pay that. Do they? Yeah. So it's like you're hurting local people too. Plus, it's just not fair because everyone uses those roads. Well, that's why I think that like the way New York does it, just toll everyone. Yeah. 
Twenty dollar like, told. I mean, it's insane. It sucks, but like, dude, that's like an hour of someone's day if you're working minimum wage. That's two hours. Two, two hours. hours. You go both ways. Have they not um like automated? Oh, is that still like an actual booth, or is that at least like you just drive through it? I don't know. I went over it a while ago, and I, I saw it was twenty dollars, and I should have brick. I just know that there were people like actually collecting money at one point instead yeah. of just like Easy Pass. That was insane. Actually, with Easy Pass now, I almost feel like general. Like so, when I went to. Your easy pass yeah. doesn't even work for New York. Exactly. Parks. I briefly yeah. went to New what? York for like a. Uh, it was yeah, random. Yeah, I was telling him about was, the, was, the impromptu. It was super impromptu. <laughs> you just showing up. I literally just showed up. <laughs> I was telling him. Yeah. <laughs> Knocking on your I door. dodged the storm. I popped the tires. Wow. But um, I was thinking about when I was going over, the, like seeing the tolls, and I was like, damn, I got an easy pass. Will this work? So I didn't even know what happened with that toll. Nah, dude. It, You'll it, get a check. In I'll get a check. It's actually crazy. New York. They made it so you have to have a New York Easy Pass to get the discount. Bro, that's yeah, fucked. Scumbags, like, dude. that's a scam. They're fucking scumbags. Yeah. It's crazy, but... That's definitely a Giuliani-like rule. I mean, how else would... I'm trying to think of how else you pull yourself out of debt. Certainly not our businesses in Rhode Island. We don't really have any. Well, nah, that's really thing. nothing. Like, I mean, Providence yeah. is a ghost town lately. Like, all... What do we have? CVS and Woonsocket. They, they could they could just legalize yeah. weed instead of making it a state. I mean, monopoly. they should absolutely. They do honestly that. should. Because so right now we're losing yeah. so much business. They're literally over the border in Fall River. Yeah, yeah it's I met. I know. Dude. I actually low key met the guy who owns Northeast Alternatives. I ran into him at a I bar. I met in, any of them. I ran into him at a bar in Newport. He's actually really like a really nice guy, but that was his whole strategy. He's like, so I'm a living. Yeah, he's like, I'm a living in Rhode Island. Border, I'm gonna get my money from across the border because it's legal. Mm-hmm. It is thousands a day. It's I legal ju- in New York too now. Oh, it is. Yeah, finally. The, the thing, the thing I don't like is like when it's legal, it's not actually legal. Like mm-hmm. if you if you still just if you just grow a plant in your backyard, someone's gonna be like, "What the hell are you doing?" They actually made like it you legal. Can't, you can grow it in New York. You can grow it and just sell it though. I don't, I don't know. You, you do can't. No, you gotta. You probably have to be part of the market. What I like, yeah. What like I want to see is just like you can just open up, just unfettered. Just yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, why you not? The mom and pops so create, create its own market so, instead of like exactly. The, yeah. mm-hmm. Plus, you know, people are like innovative. They could like I don't know, make like new products or like cool. new strains. Hydroponic weed exists. Yeah, and it is. Um, Jen, you remember Carlos? Carlos, remember yeah, like from, King? From yeah, 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 yeah. So we, for context, we had this awesome manager, and me and Jared both worked as fast food wage slaves for a time. Um, we all bad. I, mean, I call myself a slave. It was not the, the best job in the world. There. But anyway, we had this awesome manager. Surf. There you go. Surf. <laughs> surf. Surf. Uh, we had this awesome manager, and we were, like, talking about, like, weed growing with him. And he said that hydroponic weed was, like, the best stuff he's ever had. It was the cleanest, best high he ever had. Um, this was also a dude, let's preface this by saying, who was arrested at, for, you know, yeah. being a drug dealer. Yeah. So, you, you yes. know, so he's got the experience. He's got the experience. And he's, he's a vet. Bas- yeah. He's a vet. And he was basically, like that's what the future is going to be. And so you got to get into it now. And like you said, Corey, I would like to, I would love to see that because if you can give someone a cleaner, better product, why wouldn't you? Exactly. But like when it's only like, you know, these handful of companies, people can't experiment and stuff. It's like, we got big weed. We're just like, we'll have big, we'll have big weed. It's the same with the lottery. It's the same with casinos. It's the same with banks. It's all just a state monopoly. Why is it fascism? Why doesn't Rhode Island, uh, let you sell alcohol outside of liquor stores. I think that's it's just so a dumb. blue law from like the 1800s, yeah, but it's, I think. It's, it's, it actually, it doesn't make any a, sense. I kind of like it, but reason. it is dumb. Like, this from a, a consumer standpoint, yeah. it's like... There's I mean, a reason for that. There's just a lobby that, like... I feel like you just... They don't want to put the liquor stores out of business. 
Yes, because they're all mom and pop shops. Yeah, which I get. Because like even when you roll up to Haxton's, like that's a local guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even when you go to the place on Main Street, it's a little bit more. But I'd rather help the local guy. But even excuse me, even if, even if right, like you say, all right, like gas stations can carry booze. They're not gonna have everything of booze. That's like they're right. gonna have like thirty racks and stuff. Yeah, they'll have like like, like they'll lose a little stuff. bit of business, yeah. you know. But like. It's not like they're going to sell hard alcohol. Like, yeah. I feel like you could just keep hard alcohol at liquor stores. Just no, like, I agree with that. And I think that's actually the way... Well, I see why they have the rule. I Honestly, it would be beneficial for me and everybody I know if you could pick up a 30 rack at, like... What about, like, weed bars? Yeah. Those are coming to New York. Yeah, actually, oh, we I have one. I wish I could open a weed bar. We, we have a fun. weed bar. Where? At the Tetra Hydro Club. In Rhode Island? Yeah. You probably need a med card, though. Nope. Really? Wow. There's no Where way. is it? No I, way. dude, I'll... One of my know. friends, um, it's still she's a musician, she plays there. No way. Yeah, it's I illegal. guess the whole thing is True. like you can go and smoke <laughs> in the venue. I don't know if they can sell you weed. No, they definitely can't sell you can. weed. They can't sell, That'd but you can problem. go and like smoke in the venue and they have all this stuff where you like smoke in the venue like, and like get decriminalized. Decriminalization is just like weird. Just like make it legal. It's like, yeah, we're going to. We, we won't punish you, but. It's until still a certain illegal. amount. It's yeah. like. Until we, you get too high. The state's like, we're disappointed in your choice, but we won't punish yeah. you. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like, what does that even mean, decriminalize? <laughs> it's just they're trying to collect money. I think they're going to try to decriminalize um, psychedelics in New York now, though. That's the next thing really? that they're looking Which, at. Well, I mean, when you say that, do you mean like one psychedelic, like mushrooms, like the main ones? and LSD. Okay. Or maybe New York MDMA. has ketamine therapy. <laughs> I've heard of that before. I know they did it in what Oregon? Is it is it Oregon, Oregon and Colorado? Oh, yeah. Colorado. Too. Yeah, I think Colorado is fully legal. And shocker, there's not <laughs> on the streets. <laughs> yeah, no one's fucking jumping out of buildings. That was only when the CIA was giving it to people. Nothing's changed. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> Society is still running. It's like Canada when they legalize weed. Like, look at yeah. Canada's the same. That's the whole. Th- that's why I find it ironic because there are things that people think are going to break society like legalizing weed but then there are things that we accept that do break society yeah they're just completely legal just as long as alcohol is legal the government has no like moral standpoint on any other drug that's fast right now we're at the point where the government can tell you what you can't put in your body and they can also tell you what to put in your body with the vaccine uh, and stuff so it's like you're not really like the government basically owns you at that point it's a weird kind of like juxtaposition type of yeah now the vaccine, I mean, like, I mean, I can see, I see why we need it, right? Uh, and I do agree with it because the technology is old. Yeah, it's an, but I'm worried about Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, they can't make baby powder, so it's yeah. like <laughs> that's my whole thing. I'm worried about cheap COVID vaccines. You know what I mean? Because Johnson Johnson uses an adenovirus to basically put, it basically uses a carrier like FedEx. To put that information into your cells. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we've had, yes, we have issues with like blood clots with vaccines, but the fact that Johnson and Johnson took this different te- technology method and the vaccines have. They're the only mRNA one? No, no. they're the only non. They're the only non mRNA. Pfizer and Moderna. Okay. mRNA. And so I'm concerned that you're going to have a bunch of these companies and countries making cheap COVID vaccines that aren't real effective. I mean, my, my whole thing with the vaccine is, like, you really don't know what the long-term consequences are. Yeah, like, I still and you're, you're entitled to take the risk to, if, to get it if you want, but you're yeah. also entitled to take the risk to not to get it. And see, that's particularly one reason why I'm worried about, also worried about cheap vaccines. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd rather take the proven mRNA technology, you know what I mean, that, we've, that we know more about 
than these than Johnson and Johnson basically doing like a rapidly cook up COVID vaccine. I don't even know See, if we know that much about well, the yeah. mRNA. And you're so. going to totally disagree with this. So I'll preface it by saying, all right, all right. which is I think good for the podcast. Have right. a little, you know, a um, disagreement. I don't think the vaccine should be required, but what I think businesses should do is just not let anyone who hasn't been vaccinated do anything. That's I, a good point. I think you should like have to have a vaccine to go to like Yeah, no, it's their right to do that. I think well, it's their right I mean, to I'm do not that. saying, yeah, it's that's, their right that's, to do that. It's I mean, I, I think it would be like a little bit of a force at like a restaurant. Mm. But like Yeah, I mean, you're, for, like, I think you're a dick, but yeah, it's your private business. You can do whatever the fuck you want. That I think is But I can also like, not serve you if you're wearing a mask though. That I... That's well, that's why like when conservatives go crazy about like Twitter shutting people down, I don't understand because I feel like a conservative virtue is like Small businesses have the right to like, like the whole cake yeah. thing, where like they, they yeah, decline yeah. the the gay customer because they didn't for whatever religious purposes. So why are like conservatives so upset that like Trump got shut down on Twitter? Because he's a conserv- conservative. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's it's a just their guy. guy. No, I know, but it's like it's it's, isn't it hypocritical? It is. No, it is. But Twitter, what Twitter could do is it's a contract, right? When you sign a terms yeah. of agreement, yeah. they could literally just put in the contract. We can take you off at any Which time. Which they do. Yeah. yeah, pretty but much. But I think that the, the they just there, they there is so much power that they can literally, like, they have such an influence. Yeah, they have the it's information the, is the concern. Same with Facebook and yeah. Google. But actually, Instagram now, too. There's something that's come out now, and Instagram added a slight little feature, um, which is you can actually go into your settings, go into your account, and you can limit, there's a button that says you can limit offensive content. And that's by default. Yeah, but they still determine what's offensive. That's, yeah, what that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so the, basically there's a lot of people I'm seeing on both sides. A lot of activists are saying they have a slight issue with this. Because, like, what does what does Instagram deem offensive? So if I'm bringing up maybe an important issue that might be uncomfortable, Twitter, you know. Yeah, the truth, Instagram, can, the truth Instagram, can be offensive. Instagram deems it offensive. It's what, like, and they, YouTube, like, demonetizing everything. Right. Like, <laughs> It's crazy. And that's my whole thing. There are uncomfortable truths in this universe, and there are uncomfortable conversations that we got to have. Not talking about them. Can't just sweep it under the rug. You can't sweep it under the rug. And this is literally on all sides of the spectrum. Mm. And the fact that I see the contract, but these platforms reach so many people, they have to be extremely cognizant about... um, how they make these policies. Mm. Like it should be a, you, I should not have to go on Instagram and suddenly discover that my, that you know, essentially Instagram has made the choice for me to limit offensive content. Yeah. You know I mean? It should be like, hey, we have this new feature. You can go in and turn it on if you want, no changes. The fact that they did it slyly is thinking, okay, what information have they censored from me? Even before that, it's the algorithm that just, mm-hmm. they took off the chronological order, so now it's just feeding you everything that gets your attention. Do we all agree that the cons of social media outweigh the pros? Yeah, yes. that's why account. I don't have it. Yes. Yeah. Do you okay. still have Instagram? I don't use it. You do I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't even have the app anymore. Oh, I, I, I still have an account out there, technically, I yeah. think. I don't know if I, I still really follow account. Yes, I Chase is still like him. <laughs> no, that's the whole thing. I I, my philosophy on it is slightly different. Anymore. The reason why I'm an Instagram person is because I follow a lot of art on Instagram. Like, I do it for photography reasons. Dude, I thought of a, a sick app idea what? where it'd be like, it would be like Instagram just for art, but there would be no likes. It would just literally be the pictures. Dude, that'd that's... Be cool. That'd be dope. I've been saying for years, Instagram should get rid of likes. It's they have. Just, you can hide so, it. You, yeah, but you can, but no one does. <laughs> but no, yeah, one, no one does. It's so, it's, like, it's so stupid. Dude, the concept of likes on social media is just so superficial. And you don't even... Dude, in real life, you don't walk around like. like yeah. You don't do that. But it's like... I feel like 
I mean, I don't want to say just young girls, but, like, p- particularly based so much on, like, oh, yeah. of their yeah. image and self-worth yeah. off of, like, Definitely. how many likes they got on a picture on social exactly. media. That's, it's and to that's, keep you addicted. That's yeah, all and that's dam- it is. And honestly, that's damaging to the whole society. Yeah, it's so bad. I mean? Because you got to realize not everybody's going to like you. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. You can be a good person and not everybody's going to like you. That's just because everybody's It's part good. of life. Yeah. It's part of life. <laughs> But if you have strong values and you stay true to your values, the real people in your life are going to come through for you. You know what I mean? I think that Instagram has totally skewed um, how, and I wrote about this in my thesis, our ability to make healthy friendships and retain healthy friendships. I definitely think so. I think I'm going to make my future wife not have an Instagram. Yeah, dude. It's even, it's harder to date because of Instagram. I mean, it was like normal to just like go up to a girl and just be like, hey, like, can I grab you a drink? Now it's like, oh, what's your social media? Right? It's all yeah. image. And that's what gets me. And I also think that um, someone talked about this once. There's almost like a little bit of racism in it too. And in Instagram? Well, no. In the, the very big looks-based culture. Oh, yeah. People have like racial preferences. Right. Yeah. Racial, people have racial preferences. But then also we still are running on the somewhat Victorian European beauty standards. Um, but isn't that like a subjective like preference thing? It is, but it's in the fact it it is a subjective thing, and we're breaking out of it. But it's the fact that, in our looks based culture, just to generalize a little bit, people are looking for people espouse African features without espousing African people. Well, I mean, it's been like that with hip hop for years, dude. Like suburban white kids love hip hop, but don't exactly. know anything about black culture. Mm. I mean, it's like, I mean, I'll, there were things that I've, lyrics I've rapped that like looking back, like I absolutely should not have been saying that. It's just not relatable. Yeah. It's not relatable at all. It's like things that are just so not, yeah, you get what I'm saying. I'm saying saying it, but it's like. At jujitsu, like I used to listen to Eminem Eminem a lot in like middle school and early high school and at jujitsu for like two months, he was just ripping Eminem. I don't know why. And I was like, damn, I actually used to listen to this. Right, this dude? Don't you look back trash. like, I think you're just a psycho for like, mm. on the bus, just like 6 a.m. I'm bumping like Kim. Dude. <laughs> he was just screaming about Bro, like, murdering his wife. I'm like, how did I grow up like that? several songs yeah. like that. Like, how did I do this as a kid? Yeah, and it's definitely get, awful. And honestly, yeah. you get into such a zone, like a power fantasy zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like, you were like, saying that the last yeah, time. Yeah, really like power fantasy. Um, you get into such a zone where you're bobbing your head your and you're like, yeah, I'm feeling this. Yeah, like, I think that's what rap does with the money and stuff too, where it like, talks yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I like listen to ignorant shit, but it's you so know, fucking bad for you. It really is, but there's some moments where you do need a little bit of. You Not too, to, dude. I'm listening to like Young Dolph. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, you need a little dude. luck. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of ignorant shit. I mean, yeah. It's like, I don't sell crack. Why am I listening to this? <laughs> like, it's it's the ability for us, but honestly, I think that's safe. I like sports. The reason why I say sports are important is they're an alternate to us, like being the crap out of each yeah, other. Yeah, that's what they're for. And I think totally. that in to that way, for war. like that that it's little simulation. True, that little niche of you listening to ignorant music is a good way to like get that part, that satisfy that part as of yourself. Don't act on it. Exactly, satisfy that part of yourself without feeling the need to act on it. Also, like so much of it too is just like. I feel like a lot of it is just like sensationalized. Mm. There's no way. I mean, maybe some of these rappers, but like, nah, they're a all lot fake. Of, they're, all they're, they're all just like they're all, fake. They're all just, like they're they live in Hollywood. They have like yeah, a lot of them are just drug addicts too. Yeah. I'm sure they're just like miserable. I mean, I put money on it. Yeah, yeah. they're just all like you know. 
But um, Carl, this you know Carl Jung? I gave you the Carl Jung book. The, he's a psychologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote about like the Cold War and stuff and mm-hmm. like the relation of the individual to society. But he has this concept called the shadow where it's like you have your dark side and you got to use your dark side. But if you don't learn how to like use it like – the dark side inside of you, it like unconsciously overcomes you and you yeah. start like self-sabotaging. That's interesting. Mm. And I think that's what I get, what I always tell people, one thing I'm so really interested into in philosophy, and I think this is a question, this is why everybody should look into philosophy, is you gotta be able to ask yourself, what do you want? Mm-hmm. What are my wants? And am I getting to those wants? And how am I getting to those wants? Because so many people... Why are you getting to those How goals? are you getting to your goals? Oh, oh, like you the path I mean? to get to Yeah, okay. how are you getting to them? What are your wants? How are you getting to them? Mm-hmm. And that should be an ethical question. Because there's a way to achieve most of your wants, most reasonable human wants and needs in an ethical manner. Yeah. The issue is, is that, especially nowadays, people don't have the introspection to be like, ooh, I got to use communication and these introspection to be able to tame my dark side. I think I think as far as the introspection goes, if you're always looking down at your phone on Instagram, in those moments you're looking at your phone, you're not like thinking about life. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we would just be thinking all the time in the yeah. past, like sitting around doing nothing, just like constantly we're doing right thinking. Now. Yeah. I want to uh, I want to circle back to a government question for all you. All right. So, what is in your mind the role of a government? All right. Protect property and life from domestic and foreign, and that's pretty much a. So like how Dude, wait, Milan Friedman's not a free marketer. I know. Yeah, he's, he's a, a phony. Oh, really? You you only think he's a free marketer? I thought you were th- saying he's a free marketer. I mean, I just found that out. So that's like, why I thought you thought it was interesting. I feel like at, at face value, yes. Yeah. He's, he's like, more he's, free he's like, market. He's like the poster child of free market. If, no, I guess that would be Adam Smith. But like Milton, really? I haven't read any. No, I would say no, Jared. I actually would have agree with you that Milton Friedman's like the poster child. Yeah, Milton he's the poster child of the modern is. free market. I mean, you know what he did to Peru, right? Yeah, Adam Smith's more like when you think of like capitalism. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I guess like, I think that that's like the fundamental role of government. I what, don't do you, what do you think it should be? I think it's, I think it's similar to like protected citizens and mm-hmm. like have those, you're not going to like this word, safety nets to... Dude, I fucking hate the safety net after COVID. I'm done with the I safety just, net. I feel like it's... So, I. I I would love to say that. So I, I actually read a book called, and it's called Why You Should Be a Socialist. And the guy's argument is that socialism does not need a government if it's done right. Well, yeah, that there's like, libertarian socialism. Oh yeah, that yeah, makes it's sense. private. Yeah, that's what I agree with that stuff. But the problem is like they have more accountability as well. I'd argue people just I don't think that we have a society where like it would work. Well, obviously it wouldn't work. What socialism? I think, I think we like, have to change our outlook. Like socialism without a government. I think people are too like individualistic. I don't know how. Nah, like, Americans are wicked individualistic. Like, it wouldn't. It wouldn't happen. It's impossible. Yeah. I don't want to say it's impossible, but I, I think it's like such a stretch. No, I think I think there should be like private institutions, you know, where you can like donate and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like for every dollar the government takes, it's like a dollar out of your pocket. And the thing with socialism is like, it's like all right, you're taking my money. You're saying it's for this, but is it really for this? Yeah, well, you're just going in the pot. Wait, wait, hold up. So what if we did socialism on blockchain? Meaning. So if we did socialism on blockchain, blockchain is transparent by its nature and it's decentralized. So you're basically, Corey, you're asking, hey, where does that money go? Uh, you, if we did, oh, where that, government spending was on a blockchain. If our government spends on a blockchain, yeah, so every yeah. citizen can be like, yo, hold up, we spent X amount on like this. It's bullshit. Yeah, I don't want to do, do it. anything about it. Like, yeah, you could. You could actually. You could. So one of the issues we have with government spending <laughs> is ever. Do you know about tequila fish? 
You t- you mentioned this. Did I mention tequila fish? Yeah, I, um, I haven't heard of it. There is some really disastrous uh, examples of government spending, and basically the government funds research on all kinds of weird ass things. One of the things that we funded research on was whether a fish could live in tequila. The fish died. Yeah, no, no shit. We also okay. did research well, to find out like why <laughs> to find <laughs> out why the cur- the shower curtain when you have a hot shower comes towards you. Convection currents, yeah. really easy. And so, but this government spending is hidden. Um, another example: the F thirty five fighter plane is made in multiple states. That might be worth it's, it though. It's that pork, research. It's pork barrel politics. When instead we could easily save money by building all the plane's parts in one place. So, with government spending, if we did it on a blockchain, every individual citizen could go in and say, "My senator voted to spend money on this, to go to here." And essentially, you can start holding people accountable and be like, hey, dude, mm. like, you spent X amount of money on this stupid program that none of us needed. We're not sending you when, back. When do you think the distrust in government started? I feel like in the 30s, like, New Deal, like, people love the government. I could be wrong. I could be very wrong. But I feel like it's more like... I think the 70s. Cold War. 70s. Like, yeah, I was actually... Yeah, I feel like the Cold War. Because like, I, don't, I don't think it's, like, been always a thing that like people have not trusted the government actually you know what i'm gonna give a specific point i'm gonna say it started with the iran contra affair yeah uh, i can see that being uh a... and that's for nah, anybody i'm does... saying before with the hippies dude true well true actually yeah you're true, right it's a good point yeah but probably I think like 60s 70s but I, I just want to circle back to the what yeah, if they're yeah. like so if you do a blockchain you want to do it federally right i think that'd be a good yeah. goal but like China and Russia and your local teenager are going to hack the shit out of that. No, it's blockchain, cause you, but you can't. But, dude, it could, there's always going to be a vulnerability, though. That's, there's always a vulnerability. Just try. There's literally, dude, every software update you get, that's to fix vulnerabilities. True. There's always a zero day. But, like, by the nature, like, why, why is blockchain so popular? Because it's, A, transparent, and B, based on how it works, you can't hack the, you can't, Fuck with the blockchain. For now, for now. For now, you can't fuck but with the blockchain. Don't you think there's also a right to privacy for like, say if there were a choice tax, right? Don't you think you would want, like now how we have voting privacy? Mm-hmm. Don't you, wouldn't you want that as well? There would have to be. Yeah, there would have to be. So it can't be there, yeah, total there's blockchain. There's got to be a balance. There's got to be a balance. But I do, think, I do think there should be like, let's say like in Coventry, right? If you had a website mm-hmm. and you could just allocate your money to like whatever departments. Yeah. I feel like that'd be like, at a local level, I feel like if you decentralize it, and you experimented with it and saw how it worked. And maybe not 100% of your money, but like 50%. My, my then you have the legislature. My only concern with things like that is like, who's going to give money to like libraries? <laughs> like things that like... Yeah, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like things that... But do you really need those though? See, as know. an outlier, I actually would. I, would, I think I might I think give libraries actually, are important. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what role them. they play now. When I was a kid, I'd go to the library all the time. Like It was great. But I don't know anymore. I mean, actually, uh, with they, these, these kids just play video games true, all day. But the counter yeah. to that is the library. So not the perfect example, but the Library of Alexandria. You know what I mean? These digital mediums we have are awesome. But of course, as you said, they're like hackable. Yeah. And information can easily be changed, erased, and deleted. And even though it exists, all that info still exists in the source code of whatever it is, and like code layers, it's hard to, there's digital forensics, which is basically reconstructing items that have been deleted and I've seen it happen. pasted over multiple times. <laughs> I've seen it. They literally just happen. pull open the phone and they put it on their machine and you can see all the deleted photos. Yeah, yeah right? It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. 
So I think we there's value in having physical records. Yeah, I was uh, just yeah, like, right. it's hard. You ha- it's take hard. a different example. Waste management. Who is going to give their money to the garbage man? Everyone. Everybody. It's one of those things though that like the first thing you think of it doesn't come to mind, but it's crucial. Yeah, but then you think point. about it. You, but if you think about it, I think that the system would cause people to stop and be like, you know what? I like getting my trash picked up regularly. And I think a like, little more. Yeah, hopefully. If it were us, but it's like, you know. It, it's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, come on well, now. That's what I'm talking we're about. We're not working with the... I think the crisis the here is this can also become divisive as well. Because what happens if we have campaigns online people are like, oh, you need to put your money towards this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. Right, so my concern, not. and I would say this, individuals are smart and people are smart. But in the throes of group thing of like yeah. of a crowd yeah, and mass right. action, people become stupid. So what happens when it's like psychology? The crowd. Yeah. What happens when someone goes on Facebook and comments? She goes, you know what? Fuck you know. Fuck the garbage. You know. Fuck waste management. We don't need it. You can take out your trash yourself. Drive to the dump. And they convince a bunch of people that you know what? We need to invest in this instead. It's almost like the the John Adams. Thing. I think it was John Adams at the at the early Constitution, where it's like you know the senators are supposed to be like more experienced mm-hmm. and yeah, like yeah. landowners, where it's like you know how there's like I don't know what I'm trying to say, but there's like you need like people in the government to be kind of like against the people almost. Mm-hmm. It's part of the balance. Yeah, you you need different interests represented. So I don't think it could be a hundred percent, but maybe like fifty yeah. percent of the money, and then you just leave the rest to the legislator. The problem is the legislator, the bills they just don't read. Exactly. Dude, yeah. like 40,000 pages. You're telling me yeah, you read that? Insane. Like, there's no Have you heard of the knowledge problem? Yeah. Mm. You have? So it's like this. If you have a small group of people, they, they, even if they're geniuses, they can't possibly take in all the information of the economy. That's why communism collapses because they can't dictate the prices. Mm. So like if I'm running – say I run your lives, right? I'm like the state. Point a gun to your head. And like every morning I'm like, all right, Jared and Chase, get out of bed. Eventually you're just going to walk straight into a wall because I don't have the knowledge – of like your immediate experience of what you need or like what you can do. Yeah. Wait. Oh. No, I, go, I, go ahead. No, no, because I, I have another thing that I want to bring up. But you okay. can finish, finish on this first. So that's actually an interesting point because this is why I think AI actually has a role. And this is why I'm actually a big proponent of research AI assisting in running the economy. Because you I'm not? Not, I'm you're not, not really. Yeah, I'll do it. Because I, I don't. I don't see. I don't need AI to make. See, I don't need the AI to make the decision no, for me. Dude. I need this the AI to to basically do the hard AI research, just like prediction hard machines. research, and being like, "Hey, these are our options." You know what I mean? Because you don't have the knowledge of what we immediately need when you get out of bed. It's the walk into the wall. Yeah, yeah. But if we had an AI that could be like, "Yeah, I did some machine learning on like Jared and Chase. They need this." Maybe this is a better I, idea. I feel like you got a there, there's a strong distinction between AI and machine learning. Like yeah. I feel like you're I don't know anything we, about using it. AI, AI as guide is, rails. AI is just artificial. AI is just prediction machine. You prediction put in, machine. You put in inputs and it gives you what it predicts. It's like running a regression. Yeah. Machine learning is like a feedback loop where it like continues to learn and actually make judgment calls. Yeah. But doesn't the AI need to do that? No, the AI no. Like you're putting in the inputs. Like you're telling it like this. Yeah, and you this. feed it a model, but then it runs it off past data. Machine learning fall victim to the swans. Machine learning is actually like learning. It's like, but it, lear- it I, I think it learns the same way. No, where you look at like past. But data. it's like you're not putting it in. So like, take like a self driving Tesla. It is oh, it's just like natural constantly data. like yeah. oh, basically okay. it's like building data okay, and right, then right. immediately like coming up with a response based on external factors. The best okay, idea okay. is the AI, the machine learning, artificial intelligence has a problem, 
and it's built a library and it goes back and pulls books out, starts reading and says, you know what? I wonder if this problem is familiar to something I've done in the past. While also creating its own books at the same time. Yeah, or creating its own wild. books. Yeah. The problem with – I don't believe in AGI. And you know, you guys know who Naval Ravikant is? No. no. He's an angel investor. He's like a philosopher too. Definitely look into him but, um, and a tech guy. But like in the brain, you have like all these cells and that's really what like AI or I guess machine learning is based on. You have to like program the neurons. The, the nodes. The nodes basically. Yeah. But inside the neurons, there's so many bits of information just going on in like one single cell. It's like we're never going to get to that level. Actually. Because there's proteins being transcribed, interacting oh, with each other. There's different cell like, types. Yeah, totally value in like human judgment. I oh, think. yeah, yeah. I feel like as data becomes cheaper, the value of judgment will be worth more. Yeah. Because – as a human, like that's all you're really gonna have left is mm. like human judgment. You also become blind to the data at a point because it's just a lot of yeah. Like there's definitely has like decreasing returns to scale. Like the I feel like at a point it's like I feel like you can't hit too much data. You like, can't hit too much. Definitely, data. I think yeah. there's it a point where like it becomes too much. It's like also anything. too yeah. much data can actually, in terms of machine learning, can actually skew the outcomes because its sample size is way too big. Yeah. And really? There's such thing as a big sample yeah, size? Exactly. Too big? Too big because some things get overemphasized and some things get de-emphasized. And so from high volume of data, let's say some of the data is crap, you can, or useless, you can actually, you can cause the AI to, the machine learning AI to de-emphasize something important. Other, other, yeah, I've heard that with like weighting the variables I have a good book stuff. that you'd like, it's, it's actually called Prediction Machines and it's all about this. It's really like, it has nothing, like not, no political, influence or anything read, it's I'll very read. like just data driven it's it's actually fascinating i have Dude, a good I... novel for you on this stuff what's that i encourage you to read hyperion by dan simmons because hyperion fiction or fiction uh it's it's science fiction but there's a lot of philosophy it's, it has some techno spiritualism all right but in the society of hyperion humans use ai in these manners that we're describing okay. and it works somewhat well until the issue that we encounter in a Hyperion with humanity is that we rely on the AIs a little bit too heavily and we start to realize that the AIs have opposite goals than us. So what Yeah, happens? it becomes self-sentient. It doesn't even self-sentient. It becomes a deal where you're now dealing instead of one nation, you're dealing with two nations. The human nation and then the nation of AI. So you have to balance the power. You've got to balance the power. And that's kind of what, that's essential with the whole book. A good portion of the book is about my, my biggest concern with like AI machine learning is just displacing so many like I don't want to say low skilled workers, but workers like self driving trucks. Like I don't like, think those are going to be a thing. No, but like all right, let's just say even if like you don't think they're going to be a thing, let's just say that like or self checkout. So like you're taking a group of workers that realistically doesn't have a skill set they can easily translate to another position. What do you do with them all? But I feel like because they're low skilled, they can transition to something else. You, you know, would think, like if like, you if you if you say like we're going to automate like a doctor, we have to go through years of training. That's much more of a problem because like they've put in the what, investment. Okay, what about time. financial advisors? They say that's going to be a job that's super easy to automate. Where do they go? I don't know. Man. That, I, well, that's not, that, wait, I, I don't either. That's that's up to them. That's not my problem. No, but my, my point is like, how? When does it get to a point where like what jobs are left that can't be automated? Like I'm going to push creative back artist on the financial advisor point because the financial advisor, one of the reasons that like that job is the way it is because you build a relationship with person. People don't like working with dehumanized things. Uh-huh. I would say like our parents' generation and up, our generation doesn't give a shit, dude. I, I think we still give a shit because it feels weird because like 
I would much rather it's more accurate. You literally just punch in all your financials. It just gives you what to invest in your projections. But I feel like eventually it's going to blow up. Mm. It could. I mean, but that's like a risk with anything. But yeah. I feel like the job will have, more accurate be you have a financial advisor person as like a figurehead. I get it. Like if your data turns around, puts in the AI, comes some, back. There's some value to, to talking to someone going and sitting in a room. Yeah. But like... <clears throat> Would you rather have the accuracy or the human interaction? I'd rather have. You could both. have both. Yeah, you could have both. Like I feel like the, I'd rather have really the figure ahead. with the AI, AI thing is just working together with humans. It's that's, like I think that's probably the solution. The yeah. like you have to find a way to to balance it where it's like make it make it so that yeah, if you design it, that it's gonna work with a human, not on its own. Yeah, and then sort of the only exactly we gotta hit that synergy, but then also sort of to the Hyperion point, we gotta make sure that if we do get to a point where AIs have sentience or close to that, we got to make sure that they're working in our favor as well as their favor. Can we just unplug it? If we get too reliant, that might be an issue. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> too AI, well, like maybe, fat, but like, like machine Disney learning. Movie. I mean, I don't want to sound like something like Attack of the Clones. Yeah, shit me here, neither. But like, but like self pre- everything wants self preservation at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I have a topic for you guys that I've asked both of you about, so I know you both right. have opinions on. Free will versus determinism. Oh, God. It's kind of a loaded one. Hard determinism. Absolutely deterministic. Yeah. Hard. Determin- yeah. Okay. I'm actually Free wills. I don't even know what people mean when they say that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, am, I think I'm more with you, but it's like we got such a Catholic education where it's like... Got brainwashed. It's so funny because they are like big proponents of free will, yet at the same time believe in like this omnipotent God. Yeah. It's such a like... See, I'm half and half. I think free will... My whole thing is I think, and I took class free will, I think free will requires introspection. And so we actually know that action comes before intention because of how the nerves fire in the brain. Oh. Because of nerve conduction velocity. And basically, intention is the ability to say no to an impulse. Your brain starts an action, and at some point, you can basically like pull the plug and be like, yep, I'm not going to do this. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Some people can. There was like an interesting... I don't even know what you'd call it, but it was like, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but something to the effect of like, you're in a room, like with the lights off in bed and you choose not to leave, but like the door was actually locked and you didn't have the choice to leave. So it's like, there wasn't any free will in the fact that you didn't leave because you didn't actually have the option. You just didn't know, like you thought you had the free will to leave, but the whole time there wasn't a way to leave. I kind of thought about that with the government. Like if you have, if you have no limitations on what they can regulate isn't it they own it but they just choose not to like some degree yeah yeah then also i think when governments get big they're very very fragile oh definitely yeah yeah, yeah. circle back to a slightly different topic so haiti's president just got assassinated recently and the country is in shambles uh it's haiti more shambles more shambles it's haiti i was gonna preface that so they're not doing too great before yeah but it becomes a thing that like for some systems, and even in the case of the United States, something moving a singular part, which was a single person, the pres- like the president, that's a big position. But let's say if we, in the example of the United States, what if we lost like uh, someone in the cabinet and we had to replace that? That's a, that could be a reasonably big shakeup to the system if the system's too big. But I also feel like 
Dude, I don't think enough Americans can even tell you what the cabinet is. See, that's yeah. that's <laughs> like I don't even know who's on it. John like, Kerry, like I don't. That's think the only person I know. Like was to, on to be quite honest, I don't think anyone would give a shit if someone on the cabinet was assassinated. Like I think uh, that they it would. Make, what if he had it coming? It would headline. <laughs> it would be. It would be like a New York Times headline. But like, would that change? The president, totally. I totally agree with you. No, there. but I think it would actually change things because it shows I think it that would we can't hit things, the intercept. Whoever can do it can't hit the intercept. But what percent of the American population would care? It depends how much the media, like, fucking answer. Yeah, that's also true. I, I think that's from the nature it. of it, I would care. If it was the United States, we I would, would care. care. Like, I don't know. I think don't... the average person should care because that means whoever it is can hit the intercept. No, I'm not saying should they care. I'm saying would they care. That's a big That difference. is debatable. I think they would. It depends. I guess, I guess it depends on who it is. And depends what channel things. you're watching. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. The, the, so, with the free will thing, like, when you look at biology, it's literally just the DNA is a code. And then you have these molecules that spontaneously come together and replicate the DNA. It's literally just a machine. It's called the cellular machinery. Mm-hmm. So, there's literally just no room for free will, in my opinion. So You follow the laws of physics. You don't, you don't have a choice. It's so like, then, why the laws of physics? So, then we got the enigma of, like, the brain. So, do you think that, like... Everything's like. Do you think my life is already determined? So like yeah, my well, yeah, my yeah, actions actually, I yes. take have like already there's already a path that like. So is it like fate? Is that the right word for it? I guess you could call it fate, but I don't think you can predict it. I think it's so random and complex. Yeah, I also think like fate is too like it's like a a romance novel type. Yeah, of like fate, this I is more think, depressing. Yeah, than I don't anything. think fate is too. I was like fate is too religious. It's like positive. I don't know. Like you know what I mean. And also, uh, I, fate, I feel I like it goes you, both ways. People also say, like, you can control your fate. So that kind of defeats the purpose of, I don't know. Like, well, you, I think you can control your fate. And and sort of the little, you know, nature versus nurture argument. There is a nurture argument to be made. Because all three of us are basically standing on a platform that was built by everybody that came, like, that everybody in our family that came before us. Mm-hmm. They set this up. Oh, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I, they, they, they set us up with a very good opportunity. And now, on the top of that platform, we can make the choice of what direction we want to go, and we're lucky because of that. Yeah, it's definitely both. There's, like, I'm not saying that, like, hard work is not important, mm. but luck plays a huge factor. Like, dude, I was born into a middle-class family, like, we're I've never had to struggle for anything. In America. The like, three of us yeah. are very, very like, lucky. Like, I'm not, there. there's absolutely no No denying. bombs going off. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Like, there's Ooh. no denying luck. You can pretty like, much say what you want. Being... Yeah. Uh, more or less, like a huge factor of my success. Up, like it's I've worked like, hard. I'm not saying I haven't, yeah, but and you really have. I think it's fifty. There's a portion of this is fifty percent hard work, and then fifty percent of this is honestly chance. And the metrics and and at the end, the product is different for everybody. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely a tough one because it's like I feel like the American dream is so like you can do whatever you put your mind to, like and it's not. But, like, can you? What do you think? I think you can pretty much... I mean, excluding, like, limits on your cognitive ability, you can pretty much do whatever and, you want. Oh, actually, There's and your Roche limit. And your what? Roche limit. What's that? Roche limit? Roche. I've never heard Roche? that. Roche? Yeah, I was listening I was listening to this. It was a really interesting study. So, how many personal connections can a person oh, oh, maintain? Oh, right. I don't Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Roche it's limit. It's 100, right? It's actually 60. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, and then you start above that. You it's temporary ones that you level off. Yeah, yeah. So if you're really gonna be successful, you gotta really think that like, at some point, hey, how many people do I know? How many connections do I maintain? How many connections are worth maintaining? Mm. Yeah, gotta be picky. 
because I can only really connect deeply with like 60 people maximum. Hmm. So like as going into that, like kind of the role of luck and as you, would you call yourself a libertarian more or less? A hard anarchist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you think about like open borders then? So, uh, they'd be great, except like the cartels are pretty mean and like behead people. But like, if you could just move to whatever region gives you the best advantage for what job you want to work, yeah, that'd be awesome. But there's so, like, like okay. ISIS. Like, yeah. you know, so some yeah, people so just don't get along. So, wait, wait. in theory, do you think open borders make sense in a world that isn't the world we have? Yeah, I mean, I totally, like, dude, I really don't care if you come into the country, but, like, I, I don't know. I don't, like, to make them, like, open where you can just walk over, you would just get invaded. Yeah. You would literally get invaded. But, like, if you're an illegal immigrant, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, you're just trying to make you a better life. I'm not, I'm not going to kick you out. No, I think they should be able to come, but I'm just thinking over the implication of this, like, Corey, you said, like, the cartels and ISIS, and actually just, like, hot take. It might not actually make them stronger. Because when you spread out your network, you make smaller cells. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm not rolling the dice with not that. Not rolling the dice. I don't know if the argument's, like, stronger. It's just, like, they'd be closer. Well, yeah. not even that nation-state actors as well. Yeah. True. Well, yeah. And Plus, some, it, some cultures just don't get along. Just fact. That's, that's fact. Just fact. But, yeah, no, I mean, I'm... I mean, you know oh. my stance on undocumented immigrants. Yeah. I, I say. I think like, mine too. They, dude, I live in New York City. Like, dude, I worked with them for a summer. We I'm need like, them. The city would crumble to the ground without. The economy would collapse. Yeah. Dude, Trump's, dude who the fuck is kind of his golf course? Yeah, right. exactly. Like, like, who the hell is working in Trump Tower yeah, that he's defrauded for years? Hotels? I mean, come on. There is, dude, I've heard people say, but there's just like fucking way too many Mexicans. It's like, all right, I get that. But it's like, like, it's annoying when I wake up in my apartment and there's like mariachi music blasting. But like, I don't give a, f- like, yeah. dude, you're just trying to make a better life. Like, yeah, they're vibing, man. No Americans want to work right now anyway. Exactly. Yeah, no. That's why I'm against the social the safety net. I'm paying someone else's fucking bills. Ridiculous. I think we actually need to have an expiration date on elements of the social safety net. I don't even think not, we not the whole safety sell, net. Sell drugs, break the law. That's the social safety net. <laughs> yeah, that's like, what do you mean unemployment? You know, like, in, that's basic human psychology that you're incentivized. Well, also, like our unemployment rate. You know how they calculate our unemployment rate? I don't know. It does, it's, it's not some real bullshit, at all. dude. Yeah, it's some well, bullshit. If you're not looking for work, you're not counted in the unemployment rate. Yeah. Like the unemployment rate is people. Or is it... Hold on. They're now, just fudging the data everywhere. Now I gotta think. You can't the unemployment the rate is, like, absolutely way... You know how, like, they say it's, like, 6%. Like, not right now, but, like, around there. They say it's, like, like hovers there, yeah. It's really, like... Like, it's higher than that. It's what higher. do you think it is? Oh, God. At one point, we reached 10%, right? right? No, it's higher than that. The real unemployment... Oh, I can't even look it up. I feel like that's cheating. So, you do you, do you think the minimum wage... Uh, Raise unemployment or no? You don't think? Do you think it has an impact God, on that it? That is such a loaded question. That really is. Because, like, all right, every. Do you city... think there should be a minimum wage? Yes. Okay. Because the cost of living in classical economics, no, classical economics have not played out in America. Mm-hmm. So I think. What do you should... mean classical economics, dude? I don't like, even know if I believe right. in economics. All right, like, like, not your free market, but like the economic free market. No barriers to entry, like. Perfect oh, like a simulation, like an abstract yes. simulation. Yes, in right, that case, right. minimum wage is bad, but yeah. that's not life, dude. I, but like, I if think you're gonna that, like minimum wage is t- my my challenge with minimum wage is that 
it's tough to set a standard when cost of living is so different in so many places. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my thing. The like it's the knowledge problem because they can't do the calculations. The government officials can't do the calculations. The business has to do it. But it also sucks that looking at inflation, the highest minimum wage we've ever had in the country the was back in the so, 60s. The f- inflation is so fucking bad. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Minimum wage is such a tough one. Because I think that, like, everyone... There's there's certainly a point where it's like you're fucking this person over. Like, yeah, I but I think it's up to the consumer to not do business with those people. Exactly. That's how I think. You the know, I, I don't disagree, but I don't think they care. Yeah, no, no, it's like no. a lot of them don't give a shit. See, I'm on Google. I, I shop on Amazon, yeah. dude. Like, Amazon dude, I don't think no, like shit. dude, I don't know. They're paying them fifteen an hour. In some places, is or is that standard? Dude, they're paying. Them, I don't. I think yeah, it's they standard. actually mad dangerous working at Amazon. They also have water bottles. I've heard that, but like I don't know if that's true. No, is it, it is. They have something called um, you it's called time away from task, and so basically, like if I go to the bathroom, that's considered time away from task. And oh, so they're just really working, yeah. They're really working, which and is so, why they're so damn and efficient. So, yeah, they and so are. Amazon basically calculates that, and it's been like you go to the bathroom for like fifteen minutes. They're gonna note that you're away from your task. Well, that's Subtract long, it from your pay. Yes, for long, 15 minutes and not pay you for that 15 minutes. Dude, some hours. dude, every, bro, at work, I would go take lunch and this motherfucker would check me out and he cost me like $9 <laughs> every fucking day. Oh my god. Fuck you, Norm. Right? <laughs> but like the fact that Amazon is like spying on his workers and time away from task is. It's a little kind of, OCD. It's a little, yeah, dehuma- it's it's a little dehumanizing. Like, yes, you're efficient, but at the cost of my making your workers. Coming early. Yeah. <laughs> like, when did. The concept of like this crazy work week become a thing like why do we work so much is it like are we actually more efficient or are we no, just no we're not i think we're just overworking you know what overworking you know what four day dude, work week is better sense. just busy work dude there's a company so i do ruby on rails the company well not the company but the people invented it they run this company called Basecamp. they're like millionaires they're fucking geniuses so they made this web development framework but they do a four-day work week yeah, yeah. japan has been trying that out france and it's you know what baller. I do? I think when it's I, up to the employer, though, not the state. Fuck the state. I finish well, work. If I finish work an hour early, you know, I can't clock. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm salaried, but I still, I can't just leave. It doesn't make sense. It's like, yeah, I'm I, just going to sit I'm here sitting for at my desk twiddling my what thumbs. What am I doing? Dude, that's how I was, I was working at this vitamin shop. And we're, literally, the last two hours, I'm sitting there doing See, No one's coming that's, in. That's, exactly. That's what happens to me. I'm working for, um, working for, I basically am a booking agent, and I love my job. But there's sometimes I'm literally just like sitting there and I can basically, I can go and like take little breaks, right? But there's sometimes I'm like, why am I here? When it got that big hurricane, we had no boats going out. I launched boats and do the bookings. I was like, why am I here at 9 a.m.? It's a storm. Yeah. We're not sending anything out. This is a waste of my time. And you call the boss. You call the boss and the boss is like, well, someone, someone might come in, in the middle see, of a hurricane. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so I was like, I love my job. I love my boss. I like my manager. But the logic of this is bad. And I was like, from a business perspective, you're wasting money to have me here. That's what I don't get. How do they not know they're wasting money? Yeah, I was like, that if five days a week, I'm not for two hours. That's 10 hours a week. You know what I mean? And, I'm one like, thing if and, I, see, and I say this because it's... Yeah, I say yeah, this yeah. Not because yeah. they don't give a shit. No, I say this not because I don't like working there. But I say this because I'm like, man, you guys wasted... Like, as a small business, y'all wasted money yeah. by having me come in on a hurricane day. You think there's a way to calculate that? I mean, you could just get a calculator. There's definitely, cal- there's definitely just get a calculator. Well, think about this. I worked at a from, national level, though. I, I worked from yeah. how much wasted money we spent as a country. I worked from eight o'clock in the morning yeah. until three, that hurricane day. I sent out no boats. Nobody checked in. Everybody had to get their tickets rescheduled. So basically, those hours, I got paid to do nothing. 
how do you even measure productivity? Like, that's another it Depends what you're making. No, that's the thing. Is like, how do you, like, a, a national, like, economists love you, to say, I don't think like, you can. I don't think you can, because it's, like, it's subjective. Like, it me is. being productive versus you being productive is two totally different things. Like, yeah, my, it is. My, yeah, it's just the nature of our, what we do. Yeah, it's life. what you want, yeah, basically. Exactly. Yeah. It's what you want. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's really weird. But it just feels like the whole concept of, like, now it's like, I mean, I work 50 hours a week. Well, but it's like, for what? Why, like, why am I doing this? Why am I... My life is not Dude, to work. Dude, fucking quit. Well, I, learn to code. I live in the most expensive city in the country. Yeah. Dude, you got to learn Ruby. I'm yeah. telling you. it's Dude, if you literally write SQL, but in Ruby, it's fucking sick. Yeah. No, that's definitely the future, too. Which is, like, part of the reason. It's mad fun. Like, one of the reasons I'm worried... Like, one of the reasons I'm really educating myself in tech now as a political science philosophy person, it's because a bunch of people with my degrees are ended up in tech and making bank. Realistic, not because yeah. they not because they can they code. Make so much not money. because they can code, but they understand the implications of what they do. Dude, at its core, and they're able to optimize. You need the tech. ethics. What what company is not a tech company at its core? Maybe yeah, like exactly. a subway. They all rely. They all rely on tech. Just Even that's a POS. Yep. It's a POS. Exactly. It's the new financial data. They have all that stuff. Geico says it. We're a tech company. We're a tech company oh, they that do? sells insurance. Yeah, oh, they know it. You will need tech in the future to sell anything. Yep. You can't. It's undeniable. Like, Dude, I do tech in my little sailing booth. Yeah. Dude, even pencils are tech. That's technology at yep. one point. Like Dude, when the, pen- when the pencil tech. came out, people were probably like, holy shit. Yeah. We can write. It's crazy, <laughs> though. Like, every company really is a tech company. Yep. It's impossible to escape. Now we're just moving into software. And and most people don't even game. know how it works. It's insane. Like, dude, like... I don't know how an iPhone works. Dude, I'm a tech person. I don't even know how it works. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about it. It doesn't even make sense to me. Like, dude, how do I you... Spend, like, I spent a good hour today trying to fix the printer at work because I was there, like, my manager really turned to me and she goes, yeah, you're techie. See if you can figure this out. And I did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm really old. I was like, yo, if I wasn't here, that'd be a problem. Yeah. And I think about that sometimes like... And this is why I get back to the education. I'm like, yo, we need to be teaching STEM so that everybody can do their own IT at some point. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Just let kids learn what they want to learn. I hate like. I mean, we also went to a school that forces everything down your throat. Yeah. Dude, but I don't, I think if you're not digitally literate in the future, and at least you don't have some knowledge of software systems and code, you're yeah. gonna flounder. Pretty much, it's the new reading. I mean, I definitely think that there's like value in learning like English, math, obviously oh, math, of course. but like. To some degree, I think you need to know some basic history. Yes. But I like, think that... My, Theology, my, nah. My ideal <laughs> education, would I would like to see a big curriculum in the classics and history, as well as science and STEM, and connect the two with philosophy. The fact, the fact that we need to learn the past to innovate for the future, and now we have the skills to innovate for the future. you got to consider the implications of the technology you're making. That's exactly. a lot of... Yeah. Kind of a big problem with the... Uh, you know, that's a huge problem right now. That's <laughs> yeah. just the government. That's a huge problem with everybody. Yeah, yeah. With, and big companies, yeah. yeah. Especially with CRISPR and um, particularly... CRISPR's sick. Oh, yeah. Particularly, I, I don't know if it'll work. Like, I don't oh, think, it works. I think for like treating some genes, it'll like... I mean, some like rare conditions, it'll work. But I don't think you're ever going to have designer babies. The human body's just so complex. We don't even know mm. what the fuck's going on, to be honest. Would you be opposed to us having them? Designer babies? Nah, I would design the shit out of my kid, dude. I was gonna say, I don't really care either. Yeah, I would design it. That's already what you're doing. When you pick a girl, you're like, oh. That's actually a good point. I never thought about what you're doing. I'm I'm not a fan of the concept of designer babies because they have a bad feeling it's gonna cause more inequality. But, um. 
You make a good point. That's true, though. That would be... Yeah, imagine. It's just like... That's like, yeah. oh, Johnny's doing fucking calculus in sixth grade because his parents paid for it. Paid for his IQ. Paid for his IQ. People already do that. To, to be a male sperm donor, you got to be like a 10. you got to go to like Ivy League, like play yeah, sport, look good. I mean, realistically, though, to like get to a lot of places in life, you just have to have connections. Like, yeah. all my friends who work at, like, Goldman, it's just because they knew someone. Oh, yeah, like, they're yeah. Not even, dude, it's like these That's kids, why I started going out. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> dude, it's these kids in college who are, like, sorting coke, like, every day, and they're out every night. They didn't give a shit. They probably finished with, like, a 2-3, yeah. and now they're working at Goldman, making 90K a year. It's like, it's just because you know someone. Coke pays off, kids. Nah, <laughs> don't do coke. Actually, um, and speaking of coke as a concept, as a topic, real quick. Cocaine? Yes. Oh, God. I felt coke? that recently. So You did it, it for the first no, time. No, no. <laughs> think, about, like, think about higher ed, right? I realized one day last year when I was about to graduate, um, because they busted, a, they busted a coke dealer, like, at my school. That's rough. All right? And I was like, oh, my God, we're a coke school. I know a bunch of people are doing coke. I slowly that's every school. That's every school. And I slowly started to I slowly started to realize that this generation's thing, last generation it was like weed was like the big thing. This generation's gonna be Coke. Yeah, I mean I've I feel like everything's it. evolving not towards even Coke. Fun. Yeah. yeah, it's not. But I feel like Don't do it. The, the I did event, it once. Coke has become cheap. Now I'm gonna be unemployed for the rest of my life. Imagine <laughs> your future employer just hears this. I mean yeah. Obama did it and he became president. Exactly. So. And so I'm worried it's the type of thing that's like when it becomes cheap and accessible, everybody does it. It's and not we cheap, reach though. a new it's so expensive. No, I wouldn't. But we I reach a new level. I feel like I've never done Coke and I don't think I would. I don't I don't want no. Like it's the It's not the, the cons definitely like yeah. it's so before, yeah. with the cheapness, so I'm kinda worried that like what happens when they have a whole like half a generation that's coked I mean, out. Look at Adderall. Adderall's so accepted by society. Adderall's terrible for you. It really is. I'm scared to do Adderall. Adderall is with like work I like. Adderall is meth. I think dude. I it literally it's like carbon and hydrogen. Yeah. Yeah. It is close it's to meth. Almost methamphetamine. Dude, people that take Adderall every day, there's like it's like a lot of my friends got prescribed it, and all of them have to like smoke weed to calm themselves down. Yeah. So they become addicted to weed too. Yeah, it's just a, it's like a self perpetuating. What they should be doing, I think, for kids is to like teach them like meditation and stuff, yeah. Yeah. or just like let them out for recess. Like, like my, I was gonna say, the whole mind body spirit thing, and I also think it's important for everybody to find uh, their outlet for anger and negativity, and oh, yeah. also find something that they can invest in that doesn't that gives them pleasure and like is fun, but also doesn't really isn't super serious. Yeah, like an art or a hobby. I agree. Yeah, like a hobby. And that's, something to be creative. You know what I mean? And so something you can get involved in, maybe it's intense, like a sport, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. No, I mean, I think it's, they mean something. Well, it, it doesn't to mean... the individual. A, the individual. The, the, the individual. It doesn't mean a whole, like, it doesn't mean a whole ton. Yeah, it's not the end not, of the, like, like something that's like, it's right? not the end of the world. I think in health class, I think instead of, uh, you know, like brainwashing kids and like telling them they're going to rip their mom's heart out, you should... um teach like the pharmacology behind drugs yeah. so they actually like know what the drugs do yeah for real <laughs> i just, also think that you know, teach them like the importance of testing your stuff too oh yeah test before you ingest for yeah, sure like, get that Elrich kit on amazon mm-hmm. it is crazy though how like imagine being a health teacher you're just like full of shit yeah your whole life how just, do you live with yourself how do you look in the mirror they don't <laughs> yeah that's true yeah like mr hines telling us like abstinence is the best way to, like shut up shut up dog like, like dude, what are you, you you know that we're in all guy school all of us no one here is the no blowjobs thing kills me yeah <laughs> no blowjobs yeah like dude come no on. jerking off yeah. what like what how am I supposed to sleep how am I hurting anyone by 
Those are your kids. Like, <laughs> you're killing something. There's literally millions of them. You're killing a cell. You're, there's millions of them in there. Like, no chopping down trees. We can't kill anything, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. I was like, then stop driving your car because you're killing something. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's my thing with global warming, dude. It's like some girl was telling me not to eat steak and she was a vegan. It's like you literally drove 200 miles. Yeah, because she drove from another state to Rhode Island. That's yeah. a good point. It's like, you really just warm the earth. Yeah. Get I would, out of here. And speaking of that, I see the argument for like being a vegan and everything like that. And so, but you can ethically source. I'd rather get a grass-fed cow. I, I, don't, I don't know anything about it, but I saw a video where it said like, the cows aren't that bad. Well, it was a YouTube fa- video. Okay, factory fa- factory farms know. aren't cool. And factory farms actually have actually- a lot of Ebola. But I'd rather go to my local like farm, you know, with a grass fed cow that see grays and be like, yeah, two things. I'll take some meat. From I don't. Home. I also don't know how true this is. Um, I don't. I'm I not an environmental scientist. Yeah, so I, I can't even speak on it. I I don't have a source for this, but I have heard that um, eating meat is worse to the environment than driving vehicles. Not saying that you know, uh, meat tastes. No, I've heard, I have heard it that. Too. I don't know how true it is. But my other point is, how about you, like? Sorry, how would you find out if it's true though? That's like a good question because how do you really measure the it's it's like see that I do agree with you that's hard I do know like sort of probably just like bioengineering meat though that's what yeah. that's the future yeah right? I think they should grow it on it scaffolds is. Once, it, yes. once it gets cheaper yeah. that's gonna what's be just culture thing. meat and then we're not even killing any animals as long as and then it's the end of veganism and everyone gets their meat everybody gets their meat it's the end of veganism there we go I think the vegan diet's horrible for you like 70% of people are nutrient deficient. It's pretty fucking bad. Like 70%? Come on. It's just uh, yeah, the yeah, vitamins yeah. and minerals, you just go down. It's like a pretty huge list. It's pretty good for runners, surprisingly. I wonder why. Not sprinters as much. Hmm. I wonder why. I don't agree with the carnivore diet either. I think that's pretty dumb. Yeah, it's dumb Because you go, you go to you're vitamin C deficient. Like, yeah. It's like one on it's all about It's all about balance. Yeah, we're, we're natural omnivores. omnivores. You see, yeah, we're natural omnivores, omnivores for a reason. Yeah. And that's why I also have become a big fan of, in recent years, of long meals and slow food. Long meals and slow food? Yeah. I mean, slow food is, is the exact opposite philosophy of fast food. Like high fiber. Oh, all right. No, all right. Um, it's, it is, which is you go, you take your time, you select your ingredients. Not eating shit. Yeah, not eating shit. Like you cook, you take the time, you know what I mean? You sample, you get good ingredients, get quality stuff. And by taking long meals, like I'll have a meal, eat a little bit, and then like maybe wait like five ten minutes and then be like am i still hungry and then i'll go back i also feel like though like to some sense. degree that's kind of a luxury it like, is to be able to i don't know if it's i feel like it is a luxury like wealthier people do eat healthier but i think that people who are less wealthy make more bad decisions so in terms eat of their those eating? foods yeah but i just think that like all right i'll just like i'm not disagreeing with you because i really i think that there's definitely some truth there hmm. i'm just saying like say that you're a panhandler and you get a dollar. It's a lot easier to just get a burger at McDonald's. Yeah, you're not going to get it out. Yeah, you know what and I mean? And I'm not like, saying this for the panhandler. I'm saying this for for the person, like, if you can engage in this, you should engage in this. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. But, like, even, like, shopping at somewhere like a Whole Foods, it's so expensive. Whole Foods yeah. is so expensive. It's not even worth it's it, man. The, dude, that's just a scam white people. It really is. That's all it is. Oh, it is. I realized I was white. I... When I went to Trader Joe's, I haven't been in so long, but they went on vacation, my parents. Mm-hmm. I went to Trader Joe's, and I was like, amped. I was like, damn, I'm white. <laughs> I just enjoyed going. Yeah. What do you think about the homeless people in New York? Because, like, dude, I went to New York, 
And they're like, those people are like actually homeless and mentally ill. And in Rhode Island, there's like no people like that. Dude, it's sad in New York. I'll oh, be completely yeah. honest. Dude, that... It's like, especially right now, I don't know, like, I I didn't really, like, I obviously didn't live in New York before the pandemic, mm-hmm. but they say that, like, whatever happened with the pandemic, the homeless population just, like, skyrocketed. Oh, I bet, yeah. There's a lot of factors, Can't obviously, that bills. that. Mm-hmm. But, like, you see people who are genuinely, like... Hurting. They're, like, they're, schizophrenic. They don't, and... they don't have shoes on, they're talking to themselves, they yeah. it's like... It's they can't like, even, like, look at people. Around here, you see that dude outside of Center of New England who's got his car. I, and I'm not trying yeah, to, like... There's a four-hire sign yeah, down the street. And I'm not trying to, like, take away from anyone's experience. That's not what I'm going for here. But, like, dude, these people are, like, totally genuinely, different. like... They don't have the capabilities to get a job. Exactly. No, they're literally... They're, literally, they're just mentally ill. They're mentally ill. They don't even understand. They're severely yeah. mentally ill. And they're not even asking for money. No, the reason... These are the type of people who need to, like... They don't ask for money. No, they, they, I don't think they even have the capability to. It's like... It's, it's, man, it's sad. Uh, yeah. And you see, like, I mean, it's, it's obviously the richest city in the country, I would assume. Maybe mm-hmm. LA. No, it's got to be with Wall Street and everything. But, like. I don't know. San Fran- uh, I don't know. That's tough. I mean. Well, the taxes are so high. Well, no one lives there. Everyone lives in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Or Long Island. Or, yeah. yeah. Not even Long Island. They live in Florida. They have a home in Florida. And, yeah. That's where they register yeah. and everything. But, I don't know. I taxes. just think that it's, like, the amount of wealth that's concentrated in parts of New York City to just, like. It just is, like, such a weird culture, man. You see people feeding the squirrels, and they walk by homeless people. It's like, what is going on? Yeah, not what, not what all like, homeless people are bums. Like, some yeah. are actually, like... There are, like, people... Especially, like, you see it in New York. Like, around here, it's tough to, like... Nah. Not I saw, like, one guy in Providence, and he was, like... Yeah. He wasn't that bad. Yeah. So, it's, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really... It's depressing. <laughs> I mean... Ugh. I wonder, like, what their life was like, honestly. That's the thing, is, like, how do you get like, to that I, point? Do you think they just fried their brains with drugs? Maybe. I think know. that's what it is. Uh, yeah. also, probably to some degree. It has to be to some degree. And also, there's some case that, like, like I said, a lot of some of this stuff is chance. Some people yeah. have bad luck. But it's so sad, though, to think that, like... Could have been you. You definitely must have... I know for a fact that, like, if I was got to a point where I was living on the streets, my parents would absolutely take me in. Oh, yeah. There's, a lot of them don't have no, families and That's stuff. what I'm saying. Like, there's no point in my life where I'd ever be homeless. Yeah. Like, some, I, I, one of you guys would take... You know what I mean? Dude, like, I'd want always, like, friends or... Like, they just must have no one. Or they don't want it, maybe. I don't know. But or like, they have, like, actually, fights with their families and stuff. Yeah. They're, like, a drug addict or and something. And speaking of that, like, from getting trained as a disability advocate, um, speaking of, like, the road from the thing, so on average, a person, let's say, has, like, 10 serious friendships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people with disabilities, in terms of, like, social connections, have an average of one to four serious social connections. So if you're an individual with disabilities, you have eight strong social connections, you're doing pretty damn good. What, what kind of disabilities are you talking about? Uh, intellectual disabilities. Okay. And also physical disabilities. Because okay. so a lot of the people I see in New York, dude, I don't think that they would know their own name. Like, and I genuinely no, mean that. It's almost you know like I mean? they're Alzheimer's patients. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's an intellectual disability thing. And so those people probably don't have, they don't have one social connection, which makes it hard for them to get off the streets. And it, it kills me because, like, I like to think of myself as, like, you know, this, like, progressive who thinks he's going to, like, change the world. But yet, I'm such a hypocrite because, dude, I walk by these people every day. So it's like... It's Sometimes a, I don't even want money. No, I know, but it's like, it's, it's kind of like, it. it's one of those things where it's like, and I think New York City and a lot of cities are, we have this like, these white saviors who think that they're like, you know, they have these progressive values and they're so in touch with like, they're so woke. And, yeah, yeah. But then like... Enlightened. I, I get there and it's like, I haven't done anything to change anything. You know what I mean? It's like, 
it's one of the things that I think is like a, a big flaw with like progressivism and the liberal movement is that it's some of it is just such. You, I, I don't, I don't is, see as much action as like. Yeah, you, some of it is to placate yourself. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, totally yeah, is. Yeah, like, yeah, I want to feel better definitely. about myself because I say that like I want, you know, less income inequality. But like, I haven't done like. I make a lot of money. There's a and whole I South Park arc on this. I don't think income inequality is a bad thing, honestly. I mean, to some degree, it's inevitable. It's like, inevitable, but I think the gap is the problem. Saying so, the re- unless you're getting money from the government, right? Mm-hmm. People give you that money. So saying that someone's level of income is unjust is saying that the things people want are unjust. Assuming that, like, I don't know. I feel like businesses don't pay based on like. No, I, I agree with I that. I think the way they pay is like arbitrary, that. though. Yeah, I agree with degree. that. Like, I'll be honest, dude, the hardest job I ever had was Burger King. Like, I'm yeah. not even going to lie. No, 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 yeah. And that's the like, job no, that I have very, no like, cap. Paid, gotten paid the least by a huge margin. The hardest job I had was working at a restaurant. It's so hard and you don't make it. So, I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, there's a market and that's yeah. what the market is. People choose to enter that market and, you know, get paid accordingly. But it's like, damn. Yeah. Like... You look at some of these, like, CEOs, and I'm not saying they don't work hard. I'm sure they do. Like, yeah, a lot of them do. But do they work hard enough to justify, like, a Jeff Bezos? Like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't really like, matter how hard you work. Like, if we're on the basketball court, and, like, I can, like, I'm just naturally good at basketball. I mean, mm-hmm. You guys work out every day. You do all the drills. But I just can get out there and outscore you. It doesn't matter how hard you work. Yeah, but, like, that, like that, I'm just it. more productive. It's productivity it's, at like, the end of the day. Is his outscoring based on, like, talent, or is it based on just, like, the situation that he just somehow got placed in? Or both. Probably both. Probably well, talent both. is the situation you kind of got placed in, right? And also, like, no free will. to be able to realize yeah. that you are in a position or have an opportunity to, like, play your, like, to get the cards to work in your favor. The ability to look at this, it's a talent to be able to look at the situation and be like, you know what? How can I milk the most out of this? Mm-hmm. What kills me about someone like a Jeff Bezos, though, is, like, statements where he's, like, the only way I could possibly spend so much money is going to space. Like, no, you could spend it on your associates who work yeah. their ass off See, to like. That's why I don't know. I don't follow like, them that much. But it's just like, yeah, you can. I know do, you got hacked. Like, you can do whatever you want with your money, but like, you're making a statement saying I couldn't possibly spend this money other than like going to space. Like that. That's just like I don't know. It's one of those statements. You're just being like, like flamboyant. Being like, a dude, dick. you're just being a yeah. dick. Like, you know that people, you're in like. The news all the time for your shitty business practices. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And what got me about the Jeff Bezos space thing, um, and actually not Elon Musk or Richard Branson, is that Jeff Bezos, it was basically, Jeff Bezos did it for a pissing contest. You know what I mean? Oh, they're all doing yeah. it for that. Come on. Although Elon well, Musk, Musk is a scientist. Say, like, Elon Musk Elon is a scientist. Richard Branson's already I don't really like Elon. I don't love Elon Musk, but like you can't deny how yeah, smart, smart. Like he is a genius. Dude, Bezos has a PhD in physics too. Like he's uh, Bezos is definitely too. smart. I'm not disagreeing, but I feel like I feel like Elon Musk is like his, he's, he has more companies. His than Bezos. mission is also like and more diverse yeah. companies. Branson's Virgin Galactic has been around for literally ages, and we all laugh and we all laughed and be like, "Oh, this man's never going to go to space." And he finally did it. Blue Origins has been around for a while, too. Exactly. You know what I mean? And But my whole deal is for purposes. The first two men I mentioned, one, uh, Richard Branson and Elon Musk, want to go to space for the scientific opportunities and like kind of pushing the frontier, making space accessible to the regular person. Rich, uh, Jeff Bezos is going to space to aid to prove that he can do it and then to lead the commercialization of space. But isn't, the, isn't that the same thing? I feel like the commercialization is just bringing it to the masses. 
I mean, to say to say he has an ego problem is like another thing. Like, I don't know the guy, so I can't like. Plus, I don't follow him at all. Like, but like the thing you get, the thing also you have to realize is, in terms of control, it's impossible for anybody to control space. So imagine America controls. They would like to. It's impossible for one person to control space. So anything that exists on Earth that's hard to regulate now becomes unregulatable in space. No. Yes. No. Maybe temporarily. No. Yes. Oh no 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 no! It becomes it becomes unregulatable because really how you can't much do money... a lot of stuff in space. Like you can't not do yet. drugs in space. Yeah, you can. Dude, you can't do drugs in. Dude, you have responsibilities if you're an astronaut. Maybe if you you go up there yourself. Yeah, if you go up there yourself. Yeah, but like, but who's no gonna? But yet. literally, okay. Let's say you do some an astronaut lights up in space, fucking can't pilot his rocket. Oxygen. You know what I mean? <laughs> and starts becoming a threat to like, oh man, this guy could fuck something up. He might hit the ISS. You know how much money it's going to be for someone to go up there and fix it? Yeah, that's why they definitely have the... I, I get what you're saying. Like, if you're just some random dude who makes his way into space, like, yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want, theoretically. But, um, but think about this as, like, a company level. If, like, Amazon, say, got a foothold on the moon, they can do whatever the fuck it wants. Who yeah. owns the moon? No one does. It's impossible. The UN mandated that, like... It's not mandated. Yeah, because we there's a, do- a lot of the there's, there's a document. Yeah. <laughs> there's actually, there's actually like a moon compact by the United Nations that a bunch of people like signed, air quote, that was like, the moon's for everybody's use. We won't militarize the moon. Until we have the technology to do it. <laughs> we yes. absolutely will. That's how yeah, treaties work. But I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure I actually own the moon. Yeah. We all own the what's moon. What's my claim? Like, what's it? Yeah. Like, who else? Like, I got a pretty good claim. Moon tax. I see it every day. Yeah, like, true. Yeah. My it's like, uh, well, imagine you go to pull up on the moon, you get fucking told on the moon. <laughs> Podcast on the moon. Oh. I don't think I would go to the moon. Fuck that. I, I would go to the moon. Nah, I would, dude, I'd be terrified going nah, to the moon. exactly. The hell? I'd do it? Nah. Come on. Dude, you're Why? crazy. Dude, Earth, I wouldn't even think scuba about, dive. No, 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 think about this. Oh, I would do that. Earth is, so? yeah, I would scuba dive. Not Earth remote, is no. so, we've made Earth small now. We've taken the Too many one, people. We've taken More the genocide. Well, no. We've explored a lot of it. You've taken a lot of the wonderment out of it. No frontiers. Remember back in the remember back in the day. Yes, no frontiers. Remember back in the day, you could basically be like, you know what? I'm determined to go here, check it out, um, and leave this expedition. Natives. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, go cool, maybe. Pretty I'll much. Kill some you know what we haven't explored though? The ocean. And our minds as well. True. We've true. explored like three percent. We got of the three ocean. frontiers to explore: the ocean, our minds, and space. The mind is the most accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do feel like before we dive into space, maybe we take a look at the ocean. That's true. I mean, like, I feel like we. What could, if we there are people the down ocean. there? There's like a whole other intelligence. <laughs> we, I mean, species. we don't know. There could be. We could use the ocean to train for space. You could. Oh yeah, sure. I, I should be. I feel we, like should, deep, we should be looking at it that way. I don't know. I feel like the ocean is just like. Could you build an underground like water city? Yeah, you like, could. Like the one in Star Wars. Like Atlantis. Yeah, that is <laughs> good. Yeah, could that's you? Kind of dope. I don't know. You could. Dude. You'd have pressure problems. Don't tell Musk. Could... That's my idea. Right. I get money because he'll probably do it first because he's way smarter. Probably is. Wait, what would you call it? <laughs> what I call my city yeah. uh, I would I probably name it after like something classical like Roman or Greek or something just to, I don't know not Atlantis though fuck that yeah you can't it's just cliche. You can't just pull that back out <laughs> or I just make it like some random word I don't know I don't know either that's a good question dude yeah, I just call it the totally corner doable. that's a lot of pressure I could call it Corey's Corner but it just sounds so commercial it sounds like it's small no, just go with the corner I could call it Corey Grad Corey like Grad. Stalingrad oh god the underwater gulag yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, dude, it's crazy how the United States and, like, the whole world just looked the other way while they killed hundreds of millions yep. of people. Yeah, it really is just insane. It's really the whole... I don't think you guys did. knew about it. We kind of did it with China, too. Yeah. With the Cultural Revolution? Yeah. That's what I'm reading about now, where it's, like, middle schoolers just, like, pouring ink down yeah, the teacher's throat. I'm just learning about it. And the Great Famine as well. Yeah, but Cambodia as well. But then also, like, think about this. North that was curious <laughs> enough to be like, guys, I got a like, hot take. Kill your teachers. And everybody's like... I'm gonna do it. Mao was like, yeah, pretty much. It's almost like kind of like what Trump was doing, where you just incite fucking riots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also crazy. Yeah, but I mean, in, in Trump's defense, people were looking the other way for like months. In his defense, but it's like still he was acting irresponsible. And yeah. both parties really don't care as long as the political violence is to advance their agenda. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, but what what also got me, and I agree with you, but I also think the, the how illogical is it. For some of these Republicans to be like, wow, we almost got killed today, and then vote against the measures yeah, that will nah, save them. Nah. And I'm like, guys, someone's going to come kill you again. Dude, it's going to be the other side. They're all just after a presidential bid. Exactly. I'm like, and it's the type of thing It's like, bro, you're literally setting it up so that another party or another populace or another group is going to come in and repeat Murray, January 6th yeah. and actually kill you this time. It's a lot of what's going on now parallels what's happened in, uh, you know. Nazi Germany, yeah, and Russia. Right. No, you're right. It's yeah, awful. It's and China. Insane to think about. I always fucking shit my pants. Have you guys read the Gulag Archipelago? You recommended it. I need to yeah, read the Gulag Archipelago. So he's this guy Alexander Solz- Solzhenitsyn. He was a soldier in the Red Army. Mm. Oh, oh, wow. And he was like marching to Germany. Well, yeah, he like wrote something bad about Stalin. And they're like, there goes twenty five years of your life <laughs> down in slave labor. Whoa, but uh, the whole story is basically just like his time in the basically Russian concentration camps. Yeah, the they invented them. He says it multiple times. He also jokes how, like, how like no one cared, but uh, it's a good read. Okay. But it'll start off with like just like this horrible stuff. Like, yeah, they would make us go out in the freezing tundra and mine or like cut down trees or throw us downstairs or shoot us and rape women. But then he has like some like deep philosophical insights. That's so he like talks about like the type of people who would survive in the concentration camps and he also talks about, like, the psychology. They were communists, but they got imprisoned, but they were still faithful to communism because yeah, they were just that brainwashed. Insane. Do you guys believe in brainwashing? I know I do. Yeah. I you do, too? I do. I also I believe, do in, right. I believe in brainwashing, and I believe in, like, sleeper cells as well. I think so, What's sleeper cells? That is basically... A Tom Clancy novel? <laughs> no, yeah, a Tom Clancy novel. Too. But, it's the yeah, con- but it's the concept of you can use suggestive reasoning on people. Oh, yeah, social engineering. Yeah, social engineering. Yeah. And basically, you, get so you can, over time, convince someone to do something that they would. And there's triggers to this. Yeah, that's that same thing. You know what I mean? And so, with like the whole sort of in the line of brainwashing, you can create buzzwords for people that, you know, they get a reaction to do this. They're just empty. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, like, it's propaganda. It's propaganda. Totally. It's just, do you guys think colleges are brainwashing people? Who? Colleges and universities. To some degree. I think they are. Yeah, to some degree. I get the same feeling in some of my classes that I would get in theology class. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I that's what I worried about with universities because you need to be able to set the fact like the universities should be there to start a dialogue, a civil dialogue about mm. all these things. Not dictate them. Yeah, and yeah, and work towards advancement. A priori, what, this is what you're supposed to believe, you know. True. You know. And you see that's what that's why I'm a big fan of W E B Du Bois. He sort I've of his, his philosophy was we need to have a technical and a basically a um, education that is both technical 
and highbrow. Mm-hmm. And essentially, so we can take the sort of that highbrow knowledge. It's like yin and yang. Anyway, yeah, and learn how to apply that and make that applicable to the problems of today. Mm-hmm. And when you shut down dialogue, when you shut down like civil dialogues of any kind at a college, that's when you get restrictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't like how they're like, they're like I think it's how you talk about and screaming yeah. at them and shit. Like, it's how you talk about things, and it's how you talk about things. Mm. I do think though, um, and this is a hard, hard line. I think in the sort of socio political culture of the United States, we have an issue with the paradox of tolerance, which is in order to create a tolerable, tolerable society. It the question that's put the pushback is. Well, are you gonna be? Are you gonna tolerate intolerance? And the one thing that we do not, the you know, ever since the Second World War, that the American sort of social consciousness doesn't should at one well actually a little bit changing now. The social consciousness has been really pushing back against is we are intolerant to intolerance. We're intolerant to intolerance. Yes. Is you think that's a bad thing? Or no, I thing? think I think that's a good thing. Okay. But we, it's easy to get easy to get caught. And basically, fascists love this, the paradox of, into- of tolerance. Because if you're a fully tolerant society, you the must also... just market it. Yeah, market you should it. also tolerate Karl tolerance. Popper wrote about this. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that becomes the issue. And so I think colleges are worried about that. And that's why they're somewhat restrictive. Mm. You know what I mean? But I think if you told... If you really... But couldn't you say being restrictive is also being intolerant? See, and that's and that's where the paradox of tolerance yeah. comes in, and that's why I think it's. I think about, it's really a case by case scenario. Case by case scenario. It's, up, it's like you really. I think you really just got every individual just has to really think about like where their lines are. Exactly, and I also think that, um, above all, the way that we sort of beat the paradox of intolerance is if we really instill the values of having a civil dialogue. Yeah. Like yeah. you got, we got to be able to agree Those to are disagree gone now. Yep. Those are gone. Dude, I heard people talking on, like, the Block Island Ferry. Oh, and, like, they were all fucking hammered and just, like, borderline, like, not yelling at each other, but nothing was making sense. Mm. There was, almost, like, Adam's having one of our boats once. Not that they were yelling, but somebody, like, some drunk dude, it was a really annoying, like, group, couple, started bringing up, like, politics stuff. And they were big Trump people. And... Our crew basically had a hard line. We're like, yeah, no, we're not going to talk about this. Yeah, It's hard to do with strangers because you don't know the person. Yeah, it, it is. But the, basically the hard line is part. like, look, everybody's having a good time and we're not going to, yeah. we're not going to like, we're not going to let, like, we can't let you guys start anything. You know the silver bullet for Trump supporters. You know what it is? What? The silver bullet and the garlic and the cross. Can you guess what it is? No, I actually I really can't. Can't guess what it is, dude. Trump's a socialist. No, actually, I consider him a neoliberal. Because no, I still no, 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 he's no, not. No, 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 no. Here's why. Here's You're why. saying I, he's an old school classical no, liberal. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Oh, all right. He's an. I'm saying all right, that. All right. I'm saying he's the worst. I consider him the worst kind of neoliberal. Because what do you re- mean by neoliberal? And the fact that there isn't enough to go around and oh, the every, welfare state. Yeah, yeah, every, yeah. and everybody yeah, can't. And everybody yeah. can't. Well, no, and everybody can't get it. So some people, like, so they shouldn't deserve it. You know what I mean? Putting everything into the market means that every, it all has to be paid for. Inevitably, someone's going to lose out. And someone's not going to so. be able to afford it. Well, yeah, it's scarcity is inherent in life. 
But the whole thing is with the, the Trump type of neoliberal is you don't think that scarcity can be overcome. I don't think we'll 100% overcome scarcity, but scarcity isn't fixed. Hmm. So what? He just like, what? I mean, he is a mercantilist with his whole China policy. And so that's the whole thing. It's like we have to, the whole, his theory of neoliberalism we, is, is we have to hoard the stuff. Oh, all right, all right. You know what I so mean? he's a protectionist. And only, and only the people he's a that national can, socialist. Yeah, and only the people that can... <laughs> and basically, you can get it if you can pay for it. Well, yeah, that's how the market works. But, like, yeah, you get it if you can pay for it. But, like, him hoarding it and distributing it as the government is, like, yeah. just socialism. I hate to end it on this note, but... Jared. I know. Stay my God. What are you, I know. My God. Sleep on the ride, dude. I wish I could. Jared, sleep on the I ride. Know, boys. Oh I'm sorry. Dude. I mean, you guys can continue this, but... We're just getting on to the socialism. I know. I know. It's a bad timing, but... Oh. I, I really gotta go. Do you think Trump's a socialist? That's gonna be the next. That's gonna be the next. I can't. I can't leave. I can't. I can't drop that bomb without without actually discussing it. Now I'm in suspense. I think actually, I think that is a good point. I definitely can't just dive into that without having like an hour to do it. We're gonna have to have a point. We're gonna have to have a point. You're gonna say no. He's not a socialist. I have to flush it out. I have to flush out an answer for that. But all right, are you guys gonna keep going? You want to keep going? I'll keep going. I'll All keep right, going boys. For a little bit. It's mm. been fun. All right, so I'll uh, I'm, I'll let you guys know, but I'm sure I'll be around. All right, yeah, come back next weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Dude, you really, right, really, sir. you really. If should. not, I'm down to come up. All right, yeah, for or sure. Or down. Ooh. All right, see you boys. Have a good one. Damn. All right. What do you think? What do you think Jared's gonna say about Trump being a socialist? I think he's going to say he's not a socialist. I'm, that's what I think he's going to say he's not a socialist. He's going to say, yeah. I'd be putting money and on see, that. And see, that's why I'm, like, that's why I look at Trump's, I look at Trump's policies and... I don't even know his policies other than, like, he hates China. I don't know why yeah. he hates China. Well, A, he's a protection, like I said, the protectionism yeah. point is true, which doesn't really help because you don't... No, it doesn't it help. It doesn't help at all. But then also... You should get everything for cheap there. You know what I mean? Plus, also, you have, like, good relationships with them. You're not, yeah. like, you know, you the scapegoating them. Because um, China accepted a lot of our soybeans, they accepted a lot of our chicken, and they don't anymore. Now they don't? They don't. Yeah, there's always drawbacks. Like, dude's just going to start a trade. And they also don't accept our recycling about. either. It's causing a huge problem. Really? I yeah. I know that. We shipped a bunch of, we used to ship a bunch of our recycling to China. Oh, I imagine they use it in factories. Yeah, and China would sort it, they would clean it, and they would use it as material. The issue is, is that when the trade war started, China essentially struck back at us by saying that our recycling was too dirty and they could no longer accept it. So we can't export. They're full of shit. Yeah, they're full of shit. So we can't export to China anymore, and it's causing a huge, it's increasing landfills. So now the United States can't make money from selling scrap um, metal. Yeah, from so. selling material like scrap material. And no other countries will take it. No other country has the infrastructure to handle our trash except China. It's crazy how they're a communist country now. They're just like, yeah, we fuck with capitalism. But, like, still nominally communist. Well, did I ever tell you about China and, um... Oh, my God. I'm forgetting the name of this. Uh, the Triviality Theory. The what? The Triviality Theory. No. So, do you know how most countries have national goals? Yeah, yeah. Written into whatever their, that means. yeah, written into the like the United States. It's our national goal is written in, is written into our constitution. Oh, life, liberty, happiness. Yeah, life, liberty, happiness, and we will constantly work in pursuit of those goals until we achieve them for 
everybody. And so we're constantly evolving. We're constantly evolving and getting better. The issue of China and the triviality theorem, I learned this in my comparative politics class, is that the purpose of the way you have to think about China is China is a country is essentially two countries in one. There's the people, the general populace, and then the second country is CCP. the CCP. And the way that China's government sort of philosophy is is the CCP has no um, has no national goal. It has no guiding national philosophy. Instead, the triviality theory says that they only govern in order to keep themselves in power. And so, really, yes. And so it says that. Yes. Well, that's that's the whole idea. That's that's what this analysis of I China, don't doubt it. Of China is. And this analysis, I feel like it's all politicians it, actually. This, a little bit. And mm-hmm. so, think what you got to think about in China is the Chinese populace is a stool that the CCP sits on. Pretty much, yeah. Right. And essentially, this stool is holding up the CCP, and if the people holding up the party are not kept happy, are placated or complacent, the system falls apart. And so, the reason why China governs in the way it does is it tries to keep the people happy with bread and circus, bread and circus capitalism, mm-hmm. giving them Western products, giving them an illusion that they have intellectual and social freedom. But so they really that, don't. Yes, yeah, so that they continue working, so that they continue to get basically the tax money. get the tax money, and f- that money flows right to like interest. Yeah, it flows right to powerful business interests who are part of the CCP. Mm-hmm. And the same is true of China's military. And so China's the goal... Liberation Army. China's goal, the goal of the CCP, if you look at China's um, foreign policy right now, taking over the South China Sea and everything like that, is to essentially become more powerful so that it can give its people you know continue to continue with the capitalism continue its capitalist system going to keep the people placated so the ccp continues to retain power Mm -hmm. and part of that is getting more stuff Mm -hmm. securing access to more raw materials more land mass more people to add to the system um more you know more energy to become independent and also a greater buffer zone so that any of China's potential enemies have more to cut through to stab the heart. Yeah, what is the CCP? They gotta work through it. Right? I know they're taking over Hong Kong, which kind of sucks. And that's the whole issue with the South China Sea. If China achieves its goal, which is the three daft line, they the want to take over Australia, right? No, they actually wanna they wanna push they wanna get to um Oh my god, the three dash the three dash line is I think it's all the way at Midway. I don't know where that is. The Midway, uh, the Marshall Islands. We at the Marshall Islands. No, those are the United States. You yes. Go there. Yeah, basically, they want the entirety of the South China Sea, and it will be like an onion. And they've described it in this way. Mm. And if you want to... It's a good strategy, I'd it's a, say. It's a great strategy. But if they do, that also means that China has control of all the shipping. So if you... Don't hop on the China bandwagon. They now have a Pay means. Your dues. Yeah, they now have a means to punish other countries. Oh yeah. That's how China worked in ancient times, actually. Mm. But it was less aggressive. Uh, I would not want to see the rise of um, hegemony China and the region, like China as a regional hegemon in East Asia, 
because all the other countries will essentially be forced to become vassal states. A lot of them probably are. I mean, that's There's, what Hong Kong is. Yeah, that, you know, Hong Kong is slowly becoming a vassal Korea, state. I guess. North, North Korea, Korea is, is already a vassal. You're going to see Singapore become a vassal. I hope not. You're going to see Vietnam. Go you're going to see the Koreas if they get their way. You're going to see some, as far as, you, not maybe Japan, but as far as Iran become a vassal state of China and Pakistan. if they would take Afghanistan and India as well. They would use it as a buffer zone. Yeah. And they would definitely help uh, Pakistan with the whole um, Hindu Kush and uh, that region. Taiwan as well. Taiwan. Taiwan's gone. It's weird how China and Russia were fighting each other during the Cold War. I didn't really know that until I started reading this book about the Cultural Revolution. And that was a great gift. Yeah. To us. My God. Yeah. If they teamed up, they blew it. They could have taken over the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Good thing they, is, are, they were led by psychopaths with oh, personality thank, thank conflicts. God. But, you know, that's the one thing. Uh, Corey, we at one time were, like, talking about doing a podcast, uh, my thesis on the Wagner group. Yeah. I guess sort of segueing that a little bit. Russia's, Russia's doing a similar thing yeah. where they just pop little states at a time. Yeah, and that's basically what Stalin did as well. But you know what? I'm happy at the moment. I'm, I'm worried for the United States, and I'm also... Happy for the United States. Mm. Because right now, the competition zone, we're looking at Africa between Russia and China. If Russia and China are willing to blow each other up in Africa... True. And especially with, like, state... You know, like, with private military contractors um, or, you know, asymmetric warfare groups or, you know, deniable assets, they can bloody their knuckles however they want. Mm. Just got to divide and conquer, pit them against each other. Exactly. And right now, that's an issue. Am I concerned? Is there a concern for the security of African states? Yes. But I feel like Africa would... I feel like more of, uh, you know, like the Middle Eastern countries would be after Africa. Like uh, the wealthy ones like Dubai and Mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia. I feel like they would have more domain over Africa than anything. You see, you would think, but those countries, right, that are on like the eastern coast of Africa Mm -hmm. have... Like, once you get to the jungle region, uh, the Ivory Coast and, like, the West Coast of Africa is in, inaccessible. You can't build the yeah. infrastructure through that region. Just literally jungle, I guess, yeah. right? So why would Dubai and all these other Arab states spend tons of money in order to cut through, you know, in order to cut to the other side of Africa? They're like, I already got enough money. Yeah, th- that jungle is a border for them. They're like, wow, Africa, the rest of Africa can do its thing. Um you know, the Congo Wars. Oh, so isolated. You know what I mean? South Africa can do its thing. And they stay isolated from all of that. Mm. Um, but I actually got a, a thought for you. With... Do you think corporate... You know... Do you, do you think that we should be able to have uh, corporate, like, private military security? So I do... I do think you should, just because I think it's more efficient. If you're saying, like, the United States should employ them, yeah, because it's, it's more efficient and effective. But um, it is a problem with um, – they're selling zero days, basically, uh, American companies to, like, cartels, Middle Eastern governments. Mm. So if you don't know what a zero – you know what it is, but just for the people at home. A zero day is just a software exploit. It's been undiscovered. So it's just – there's a bug in your iPhone, and they can hack your iPhone, basically. It's never been discovered. They go for like from 100000 to a $1 million. But there'll be companies in the United States selling them to, 
as private entities. And it reminded me, um, Lenin had a quote where it was, um, how, how are we going to get the, the West to hang itself? And he said, well, they'll sell us the rope. Yeah. So it's just pretty much like you're, you're hanging yourself. There's also, um, I don't, I think it was Cisco, but they basically sold China their tech infrastructure. Yeah. And uh, it was basically just used for censorship and persecution. But those are like Western capitalism aiding communism. And it all, Solzhenitsyn talks about in the warning to the West how the West basically just helped out Soviet Russia and gave them aid. And see, that's actually sort of one of the things I talked about and becomes a real ethical issue because the United States created the private military security system. Really? The West invented well, it. Well, there were, there were ones before that. And like yeah, we've, always, and we've always had mercenaries. Yeah. But the West, like the West, Europe and the United States invented that system. When did it get invented? Well, so Grant, so I'm going to make a distinction here. Okay. We've always had mercenaryism, but basically, um, that was a big thing. And then we had the Treaty of Westphalia Mm -hmm. and that was in the, that was in the 1800s, a long time ago, but the Treaty of Westphalia and, oh God, it was in 14 something outlined state sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And so with state sovereignty, uh, you could have your own borders. People had to respect your borders. But then also, you had to respect other people's borders. And so that means no private, you know, you couldn't raise a private army anymore. That was just, like, not cool. Because then... It's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. Because then a stateless... Because you're in someone else's yeah, borders. Because then a stateless threat could, like, fuck with in, you and your borders. Yep. Or it could go next door and fuck with your neighbor. And mm-hmm. because it came from your house, it, it's your issue. Yeah, yeah. So it became frowned upon. Okay. Until we get to... Um, until actually we get to World War so I. So it set a precedent yeah, for... Yeah, set a precedent. Until we get to World War One and World War Two, where you have the British Army employing their Gurkha units, mm-hmm. where essentially they were uh, Nepalese people who would... Um, be, they'd be trained in Nepal, they're used as commandos, and they gain British citizenship. Mm-hmm. The French created their foreign legion, we have all of that. Swiss as well. The Swiss, yes, the Swiss. And then... Those units exist and they're a part of, they're essentially rolled into state armies, so they're semi legitimate. Mm-hmm. Then, what we get in the Cold War, actually in Africa, because there was a need for people to do espionage and essentially start insurgencies abroad, mm-hmm. uh, the United States, Europe, and also, you know, the Soviet Union had a reason for doing Everyone this. Everyone did. Everybody did. Um, it's part of the game. Yeah, mercenaryism essentially came back strong, especially in Africa. Do you know that at one point, um, Belgians were being hired out in Africa to shoot at NATO to shoot at uh, UN peacekeepers. Really? Yeah. Recently? No, it was um, the interwar years between World War One and World War Two. Okay. You know what I mean? And then that mercenary marketplace just takes off during the Cold War because you got Angola, you got the African Bush War, you got the War in Rhodesia, and it's basically like Zimbabwe. Don't Zimbabwe. say Rhodesia. <laughs> I get pissed. I'm not Zimbabwe even now. No, no, no. Zimbabwe now. My roommate was from Zimbabwe. Yeah, but like, can but consider this like, you essentially could if you were downtrodden in Europe, or in the United States, and you were like could shoot a gun, and wanted a little bit of adventure. It's like being a pirate. Yeah, pirate. You could basically Piracy. yeah, you could basically you know sign Piracy. up to pull triggers, and kill people. Yeah, and then you'd also get, like, job training from like mm. the military. So we have a bunch of those people that after the Cold War who are like, okay, I have no faction to fight for. Like, what the heck do I do now? Yeah, it's just their way of life. Like, it's my way of life. I don't have any job skills. I've probably got PTSD. Like, what do I do? Mm. They all start private security businesses. Yeah. 
Um, and especially what? as we start pulling out of Afghanistan and all these other places, and China and Russia doesn't want to send its military forces abroad, so it uses Va- the Wagner Group. And China is doing their one belt, one road, and has to provide security. We now have a perfect marketplace for these corporate entities to essentially step up and say, "Hey, um, I'm down with like, I'm down with communism, or I'm down with capitalism, or I'm down Boy, with like bang. Russian strongman. Um, I want to be a patriot. I will volunteer my company to do this, and they get access to good training and good tech, unlimited money." Unlimited money. And, and, yeah, and it attack. becomes such a hard situation because now you have business interests commanding troops on the ground and maybe they have an incentive to do... They don't have the incentive for prudence because they just want results. Mm. So you get a tricky situation. My thing with like the United States companies selling zero days is like you should be like smarter than that. Like yeah. How do you not know? Like At some point, you're it's gonna shooting come back, yourself in the foot. It's gonna come, my fear is it's going to come back to bite us in some crazy way. And here's how. Okay, Haiti's president was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Two of the people involved in the assassination. What was his name? Do you know his name? Oh. Not off the top. Okay. It's, 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 it's really reason. But two of the people involved in the assassination, it was all hired security. They were oh, all they were from. private? Yes. They did were they all, catch him? Yes. Oh, they did. They were all from Colombia. And two people Probably in the. cartel job. No, no, no. Two people that were part of that hit on the president, on that president, were Haitian American nationals mm-hmm. who had previously done time in the U.S. Army. Oh, really? Yes. So here's how it comes back to bite them. We basically low-key, via the transitive property, trained the assassins that helped kill Haiti. Yeah, president. but it was, we didn't train them with the intention of doing it. With the intention of doing it. But we basically put these guys with the skills on the market. They had no other prospects. So what do you think they did? They joined the... Uh, they joined a security company mm. that ended up killing the president. Whoever's paying. Who's ever paying? Whoever's paying. Yeah, I really have no idea how to solve that issue. Um, I think it actually, we're talking about mental health. I think Arm it goes. Yourself. Well, <laughs> I think it goes back to every country has a responsibility to at least somewhat take care of its own, especially those who have. Fought Fall for, for it. it. Yeah, that's that's really a big problem. It's like they got to want to adjust to normal life. I don't think, like, even me and you, like, we really don't understand what war is like mm. and, like, what it does to you psychologically. Um, yeah, you're always on. Yeah, there's no weekends. Yeah, like... You know who David Goggins is? I wanted to talk about him David with you and Jared. Goggins. David Goggins, I've heard of Dude, you definitely know who he is. David He's a Navy SEAL. But, um... He wrote a book. It's fire. I'd give you it, but Dylan has it. Wait, what's the book? It's called, um, oh my God, don't even make me forget his book. Dude, it's, he only wrote one book. You can easily find it. But the guy's name is David Goggins. But he's just like this ultra marathon runner. Like he has the, like, the world pull-up record. Um, he's black. So he got through mm. Navy SEAL training with sickle cell. Yeah. Oh. Which is pretty like, pretty impressive. Shouldn't really happen. Mm-hmm. And then he also had a heart condition, right? Oh, and bl- Jesus. Blacks usually have denser bones. Yeah. So that's why they don't join the Navy. Or like they're misre- like they're underrepresented in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And he also broke his knees a few times. Oh, Jesus. So he... I don't even know where I was going with this. But um, he talks about... We were talking about hormesis earlier with the gut microbiome. But um, the point I'm trying to make is that some of those mental stressors, whatever they be in your life... Like, they can have a positive effect. And it's almost like with the what we were talking about earlier with the shadow, where it's like, 
bad things can be used for good, you know? Yeah. So, like, that trauma of war, I think people can put a use to it. Actually... I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I want to say that. I just got No, no, and that's an interesting point you make. Um, Vice News does a show called Deep End. Mm-hmm. And they look at, like, different groups and different fandoms and different hobbies. And they recently did one that, if you're listening to this podcast, I suggest you watch. Um, and they did one on mill simmers. Mm-hmm. People who basically go to those really realistic, multi-day, like, three-day airsoft games with, like, vehicles and shit. And those seem sick. They're sick. And so when Vice was interviewing a lot of those people, uh, they interviewed the organizers of one and... The one the the event was called Milsim West. Mm-hmm. It's run by Operation Lion Claws, and there everybody who works in this company is a military vet. Mm-hmm. And what Lion Claws does is it gives civilians the experience of being in the military, but then all the proceeds from selling tickets they give to wounded warrior. Okay. And they were saying that like a lot of. It's a sort of a big thing in the veteran community that one way people heal is by becoming a meal summer they mm-hmm. can basically go for three days have the experience of being back in the military um yeah and they it's can, like you're, i yeah, mean they can experience the stressors and sort of deprogram self themselves to this in a in a oh right. yeah yeah in a in a in a setting that is actually not life or death mm. you know what i mean a setting where you can shoot somebody and they just put their hand up yell hit and yeah. walk away and it's also just like you're kind of like hanging out. You're hanging like out, guys, you know? and you meet, you know what I mean, and you meet other veterans. Yeah, chair and stuff. And yep. so it was interesting. That was they were saying in this interview that like, for a lot of people, this is their outlet for all of that trauma. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's actually super important. I find it really interesting that you said deprogramming because I never would have thought of it like that. Yeah. Or it's kind of a. Uh, just like a downscale. I don't even know downscale. how it would work. And, and essentially, like, everybody, every person is programmable. And when you join the armed forces... your brain is. Yeah, when you join the armed forces, they program you to be on 24-7. Oh, yeah. Dude, there was a guy I know in the army who was like, yeah, they brainwash you. Yeah. And he yeah. liked it, too. Exactly. You're, like, always ready, always on go. Um, you're like supposed to kill people. It's like... And always alert. And what that teaches your brain is, immediately when something happens, to... Anal- is to basically treat everything as a potential threat. Like, analyze. You have is to. it going to kill me? And if it's going to kill me, I got to kill it first. Mm. I was listening to one podcast. This guy was like, uh, I think he ran for office in Texas, but he was like a, sh- uh, a Black Hawk pilot. And he mm. was like, my instructor said, kill something every day. Just like, stay ready. So you like, kill flies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think the MDMA with PTSD. Um, research is really interesting yeah. the thing the thing so like a lot of i'm skeptical of the vaccine um like after effects like we don't know what's going to happen because so many of these drugs we invented including mdma it's like we tried to make something and it just came out as something else yeah like viagra was like a heart pill um lsd was something also where it was just like this random drug and by mm-hmm. chance it was discovered it, a lot of drugs are just like these serendipitous things and the problem with drug um criminalization is that you can't do the research like there's so many other not just psychedelic drugs but um psychoactive drugs that are out there that you just can't study like 2cg you've yeah. never even heard of that like no one has but it's like it, that could literally be the cure to cancer it could um and it's weird how like the government like shut this research down and then it's like helping the mm. people who actually preserve society 
Exactly. And I think it's so ironic and like it's so it's it's such a weird twist on things. Couldn't even write that in the movie. Exactly. It's so ironic. And just thinking about like to put the whole thing in perspective, it's we gotta be okay with accepting the philosophy that people that people's consciousness evolves. Yeah. That like you're all that like at some point when you become like twenty five, your brain still isn't solid. Like you can still evolve from there. Oh, it's accepting that notion. Accepting that notion of the fact that your consciousness can change and should change. Mm. Um, We can actually increase creativity with mushrooms. We know that. Mm. And anti-authoritarian personality. Yeah, and um, uh, you know we can also like help deal with traumas Mm. with and pain with like smoking weed or like MDMA and problem solving as well. And problem solving. Cognitive enhancement, I think, is a huge area. There's this one called 2CD. Mm-hmm. So you know 2CB. Stuff yeah. Kanye was tweaking off of. It's like the cousin to that, I <laughs> guess. But apparently that's like a cognitive enhancer. Um, but then it's like the ethical question comes on. Like, I heard this one um, philosopher say, well, like, all right, they have all these drugs that can enhance intelligence, but what if it makes you, like, insect-like? We're almost robotic. So it's like, mm-hmm. where, what, like, if, say, there were a drug that enhanced your intelligence or consciousness like what would be the ethical parameters around that you think i think if that was the case it needed to be it would almost have to be free it has to be free it have to be free what do you mean free like it had to be you would i would have an issue with access and oh, well, every, everyone would everybody would have to have access to this well you know what i mean if you think about a drug it is just information right and information information free. is free but and so it's like it's like the choice like hey yo if you guys want to enhance yourself cognitively if you cognitively enhance yourself think of how many advantages that has mm, dude, there has to be some sort of catch though no there does I think there's a catch for responsibility uh, I think I think there is but if we found this is something you could do and it didn't have any side effects of course the first thought is we got people's first thought is we got to monetize this I'd actually oh, say. Yeah, yeah. It would be a better idea if you didn't monetize it. We'd actually solve more problems if you didn't monetize it. Hmm. But he, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it a, depends. If you, you, if you can monetize it and do it cheap. There's the thing with those. It's like there's no patents on them because they've mm-hmm. already... If it were an already existing one. Yeah. I'm saying it's not like a new one. But it's like... I don't know. It'd be nice if everyone could have something like that. Right, and I almost feel like it's wrong to restrict a person's ability to get that. I do that too, might, but I'm not a socialist, the, so I don't think like the true. government can solve. But that like, issue. if you make it super cheap, I was like, "Hey, man, ten bucks a pill." It's like the limitless pill. I'd be like, "Okay." They they do actually like this sounds like retarded, but I literally read a paper on this. I'll, I I want to say something after, but uh, but they literally like LSD, DMT, and a lot of these psychedelic drugs. They have uh. Uh, like it's called neurogenesis, where mm-hmm. you can basically grow brain cells and the Jeez. dendrites and axons on brain cells. Dude, that's baller. A lot of them do have that. So there's a case for them actually helping, like CTE. You know what CTE yeah. is? What yeah. you get from like football and stuff, mm-hmm. where they could help that as well, um, which would be pretty cool research. And I think if we start went in that direction, like we could help paralysis victims. Oh yeah, imagine I wonder. If, I wonder if, if it's you can, uh, imagine if the you nerves can, in the body as well. Yeah, imagine if you locally regrow nerves. There's just so many questions, topical. Mm. And there's also like, with the therapeutic effects of some of these drugs, it's like, um, say there's a threshold where you're, say a person's like fragile to like yeah. 
changing their consciousness? Is there a threshold with the amount of the drug where they can take it and get the effects without that, you know, psychologically... Well, it is psychologically disturbing, but not yeah. in, like, a bad way. Not a bad way. Where you could get it without doing that. I'm not a fan of microdosing, to be honest. Really? You're not a fan of microdosing. It's pretty stupid. Um, why so? I thought you... I, I actually thought of anybody you'd be, like, a pro-microdosing. Nah. Well, I used to do what, it. I think um, it was pretty dumb. And then I'm unemployed again. What changed again. it? Well, I was doing it just because I was, like, underconfident in, like, my own ability. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that, and, um... When you do it, you really don't know... I mean, with mushrooms, it's different because it's like a plant. But if you're doing something like a tab of, you know, that, you don't know what's on it, even if you test it. Because the test just tests for an indole ring. True. So you don't know what it is. And it's also just... I think you should be uh, sober most of the time. So there's that as well. Plus, like, whatever... I don't know. It's just... I don't think it's healthy to be doing random drugs all the time no i agree it's pretty dumb honestly i i I agree with that i mean if you want to experiment with it yeah but like i think it's just psychologically addicting i also think that this gets into a greater we actually have a problem with that not in the fact that um you said you know you shouldn't be taking a bunch of drugs all the time yeah i think and i always said this we have a problem with moderation i think everyone does well america has a problem with moderation because they either say do or don't we don't say, you know what, try no, it out. There's no say, medium. There's no medium. And so because of that, you either, you know, that's why you have such a drug problem. A lot of people do have them. A lot of people just... Bro, over quarantine? Excess. All, so much excess. I wonder why. Do you, I wonder what makes, um, I mean, there's obviously genes involved, but like what makes people addicted to this or that? Like, do you think it, I, I, I do you th- what, do you think it's like a gene thing? Well, like no. That's I was trying to think if it's gene or or I, it's obviously both nature and nurture. But it's like what like so I I'm kind of addicted to coffee. Like what about me makes me like coffee? And I used to be addicted to weed. So it was like what like what was making me do that? Is it psychological? Is it just Physical? I think it's a mix of both. Yeah. Well, I mean, the psychological is physical, but it's The psychological is physical, but I think, uh... I am... I'm gonna try my best to take a stab at, like, my thoughts of this. Hopefully this comes out as well. But I think we've had a reduction in fortitude. Uh, This generation has a reduction in fortitude. Mm. And so... The, and also being able to cope with reality being able to cope being able to function without mm. you know what I mean people are like oh I gotta have my coffee in the morning to wake up or I can't like function during the day or it's like oh you know I can't go on the rain without my umbrella like you need to be able to one thing one of the reasons suck it up yeah one of the reasons I'm really happy that my parents never let me quit boy scouting and become an eagle scout is because I used to really hate being uncomfortable and those eight years forced me to be okay with discomfort of all kinds. Why? So, like, why? I why did it make you uncomfortable? Yeah. Well, like, I, I was uncomfortable being, like, I, too, if, I too, if I'm too hot, I'd be uncomfortable. If oh, I was, like, too cold, I'd be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? There's definitely value in that. And that's what, 
David Goggins says in his yeah. book. He so talks to, about being uncomfortable. He calls it callous in your mind. Yeah, callous, exactly. Callous in your mind. Because you need to be able to operate even if conditions are not ideal. Mm. And yeah, I really should just stop drinking coffee. Yeah, you've got to be able bitch. to go do work with. Coffee's good. I drink it too. But you've got to be able to learn to go with and without. And I think the biggest problem, one of the biggest problem with young people today is we have not learned to go without because everything is so accessible. Mm. It's almost like, so if you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, you're just, you're driven to, there's nothing around. You got to always hunt. You're like Mm -hmm. starving all the time. Mm -hmm. You got to get the food. So it's programmed in your brain that once it's there, you got to just eat all the food, you know, or like get all the sex, whatever it is. And now it's just like, it's like evolution. We became so successful. That's almost a curse where our evolutionary brains need to switch up. And now it's rewarding present times are rewarding a different skill set which is actually the skill of saying no yeah and i so honestly we're, we gotta like catch up to our evolutionary programming has to catch up to yeah and i think there's a lot of strength and when you're able to be like you know what man and we all do be like you know what i'm gonna go to dungeon or starbucks and grab a coffee and you're like you know what i don't need it i don't i don't yeah you know what i mean like that could go elsewhere that Everything. to me there's a big sign of maturity there like for me just like with any like human development, be able to say, okay, so now you can, you know, you know yourself in a way that you can understand your needs. You understand how much you need to function, how much you don't need. And so it even, I think it helped. Yeah. Thinking it's like more the, self-knowledge. Yeah, thinking about that actually even makes you a better community member because mm. you were like, now you realize here's what exactly what I need to function at my peak. And I've, if I have extra, I'm okay with parting with it. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, in terms of addiction, I think it's very, very easy for people to say, you know what, I need this to function, so I'm going to easily go and get it. Mm, there's so levels people, to addiction. You know too. what I mean? And some people are like, I've had a really bad day, I'm really stressed out. Maybe instead of, maybe instead of like going and smoking, try meditating. Mm. Or it's just something to get the blood flowing on. Or just like, yeah, try, try something else more... Try something else that's just less of a hammer to your cyst, to your... Yeah, it's, so sh- it's so sharp. Yeah. And I think it's the sharpness of everything. <laughs> mm. And it almost, uh, it basically, and the thing with the phone too is, um, it's like you get overstimulated and you need to come down. Yeah. It's like gravity where it comes up, it comes down. So I think it's like, it's called like dopamine burnout, mm-hmm. something like that, where it's just like your cells get blunted. Where, so when you elevate something, the receptors are like, there won't be as many receptors, like your mm-hmm. body will adjust. I'm pretty sure that's the case sometimes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it will. Yeah. Um, what's what's f- weird about like different substances is that they bind to like one main receptor, but they also bind to other ones as well. Yeah. Because the like the receptors are like cousins of each other, mm-hmm. so like they, they have certain affinities where it's like, okay, it binds to this serotonin receptor, but it also binds to all the other ones at a different affinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like even at a biological level, with like the bonding. <laughs> It's, I sort of define weakness slightly differently. The weakness? I, 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 yeah, I define weakness slightly differently. Like psychological weakness? And psychological weakness, yes. Okay. Like I said, the ability to go with and without, I think is a, is, is taming, our na- is taming natural weakness. The fact uh, that, you know, we can get it like addicted to stuff. Mm, I like No I matter like what it is, you know that. what I mean? And so when you get to that level, 
you're like self overcoming. Self overcoming. Yeah. And when you do that, even your body physically is like, it balances it out. Where it's like, you know what? Coffee's awesome. I might need a cup today, but I don't need to have a cup today. Every day, yeah. You know what I mean? Or I don't need to have three. And yeah, I had three today. The the amount I, I think don't the, feel good. Right, and I feel like the amount of mental, physical, and emotional fortitude, learning how to live in that man, so that some somewhat take what I need, only what I need, minimalist manner, and callousing your brain. I think that if more people looked at that we would have better communities. I think we'd have more sharing as well. Mm. I also think we'd have less waste. Yeah, I also think we would have... The environmental thing is bad yeah. too with the coffee, I also think honestly. we'd have more people taking, initi- taking initiative, more accountability, as well as... Overall better. Yeah, <laughs> overall just, and better it. problem solving. Because my whole deal is like, rather than like something like... I don't know. Let's say like... Uh, I'd say, like, I accidentally, like, broke the phone that we're recording on. I hope not. You know what I mean? That would suck. But I own that. And I'd be like, and the ability for Pearson to say, like, ah, shit, like, I fucked up, man. Like, I'm sorry. John. Let's just, let's just finish. Let's just, what do we need to fix the problem? Mm. So there's this Navy SEAL, Jocko Willick. I don't mm. know if you Oh, I know him. Yeah, he's a badass, well, dude. Uh, he's the, one of the reasons I get up early and, like, one of the reasons I started jiu-jitsu. But yeah. he has a book called Extreme Ownership. and. One time I was at my friend's, and, like, I don't stay out late, but he does. It was in Long Island. Mm -hmm. So I stayed at his house, and we stayed up to, like, 4 in the morning. I was like, like, yo, I was like, we got to get out of here at midnight. But I woke up, and, like, I saw his book, and I started reading it. And it's about how he got someone killed in Friendly Fire. And how he basically just was like, he owned it. He just owned it. And I was like, damn, that's pretty... It was just touching that he, like, was like, yeah, I got someone killed. Yeah. And just my responsibility. Personal responsibility is huge. He just tried to fix it and do his best. Make sure it didn't happen again. Right? And I worry that Instagram and things like that are, like, destroying the concept of personal responsibility. It's not even that. I think it just make you a psychopath. True, but, like... Dude, the, I think... <laughs> I think it does, too. But like in terms of, like, destroying personal responsibility, um, I read about this, too. Um... And another, and another thesis I wrote. Mm-hmm. Essentially, there are seven affordances to the internet. And one of these basic affordances is you can basically, you're so connected that you can find someone that agrees with you. Someone, no matter always. what your position is, someone's always going to agree with you. Mm-hmm. So if you put it out there. Someone's going to affirm it. Someone's going to, someone's going to, someone's going to affirm that you didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And as a result, mm-hmm. you get a community, you get an echo chamber saying that, oh, don't worry. It's not your like. It's not your fault. You know what I mean. You're the easiest person to fool. You're the yeah. You're the easiest person to fool. Do you know any Richard Feynman? I don't know any. I I've heard of the guy before, and I want to read his books. But that's who that quote's from. He's like some I, genius physicist. He used to like smoke weed and go to the strip club and play bongos with contact. Uh, uh, I love that. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. I got some good books. But you are like you're the easiest person to fool, and as a result, like what we get is people think that. Everybody's voice is important, but I think that social media has a terrible habit of falsely elevating people's voices. You're meant to think that you, like, people come to think that their pronouncements are, like, the gospel. Yeah. Are they, or they're moral, or, like... Everyone has their place. Everybody has a place. It's like... Or, they're, or everybody has, like, there's a standard set of values, wouldn't you agree? 
standard set of values? Yeah. That like people hold? Yeah, like, like basic mean? values. Basic values? Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah, we yeah, all yes. hold basic values. But I think one of the issues with Instagram is those extra values that are your own, like on top of the basic values, mm-hmm. people find other people that agree with that also have those set of values. And as a result, you get this false idea that the entire world runs uh, on your value system. Yep. And it doesn't. And so when you break... Get into this myopia. You get into this myopia. And then Distorted you have a situation bit. where like people break one of your norms without even knowing that it was like... You, you universalize your own norms. Mm. And when someone accidentally breaks one of these falsely universalized norms... Your they brain, get attacked. Your brain breaks. You know yeah. what I mean? You get, they get attacked. And it's like, how did you not know this? It's like, well... Yeah, I got a full-time job. I it's like, well, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the, that's the big poison of the internet. It's not just social media and the internet can be great, but it can also be... It's a tool. We got to learn how to use tool, it. But also can be, it also naturally is very, very divisive. And just overstimulating and addicting. And overstimulating... Confirmation biasing. It's an awesome tool for research, but it lies to you. Overall, it's an unreliable narrator. I think they should have an open source algorithm. Wouldn't it be cool if you could just adjust your own social media algorithm? That actually would be dope. I dig that. Yeah, I'm not gonna build it because I hate social media. No, but actually, I think I think you should build it. Dude, I don't use it. No, 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 no. Not Corey. It's not for you. I know, but like the thing with when you're building software is you need to be able to use it. Yeah, but like. I think that would honestly be a gift because the algorithms also learn to antagonize us. Like for example, we've talked about this before. Um, I'm a revolt. We are Second Amendment fans. You are too. Yes, but I still believe in gun control. Yeah, I do we, too. We, so we, so we, so we, a certain line. Yeah, I don't know where the mean? line is. We both take a middle road on this subject because no one wants to be shot. We've talked about this in another one of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we've had some great conversations some great ideas have come out. You love the AR-15. Right? But what happens is, um, because, you know, because I'm an airsofter, I get all these ads about gun rights. About, like, I get all these ads on YouTube. The digital, the the surveillance capitalism is so weird. YouTube. So creepy. It's so weird. YouTube, or, like, the algorithms would 100% think that I'm a far right gun like that I'm a partially yeah, like a far yeah, I'm like, partially nah, a far right gun nut and they also think I'm partially a socialist because yeah, on the same platform on the same platform it's so weird you don't even know where, you know what I mean what, what's going on it's so weird and so I literally they track everything like that I literally watch and like listen to a podcast or something from like NPR to get my news and in between, there'll be an ad about how many, like, uh, how about how people are gonna steal my guns, and I'm like, that's such a. NPO does ta- targeted advertising. No, it doesn't. This oh. is just YouTube, like, you know. Oh, what I mean? oh, I'm like, right, oh right. my! I'm like YouTube. What the hell? Like, this is a complete 180. Like, I'm, I'm, I might be reading something super important from that's a center, probably good for from you, like though. center left media. That's probably good because you get both sides. No, but it's not on the same subject. Oh, true. All you right. know what I mean? And I'm like. I, it's it's so funny. I laugh because those I realize that the algorithm is trying to antagonize me with yeah. the ads and what it suggests. I just see through it. Just trying to grab because your I'm attention. Like, exactly because I see through it because I'm wow. It thinks it knows me, but it doesn't. Mm. 
I, apparently targeted advertising isn't any more effective than whatever the normal type of advertising is. Yeah. I just think it's more it's who, invasive. Can they go in and like... Like you think the CEO of Google or one of these companies, do you think they can go in and just pick a person's account, go to their email and just... Do they know like what you watched today and for how long? Can they see that? Yeah, they they get the metrics. They can just no, but specifically, like if you own yeah. the company, you can just go in. Oh yeah, you probably could. That's so weird. Yeah. I gotta get off YouTube. Um, and That's... also I think it's a like I think it's impossible to avoid generating data now because everything we do generates a point of data. Yeah, and there's there's certain trade offs. There's certain trade offs like I think it's about it's for free. I'll let you look at my clips. Yeah. I think it's about... If I'm doing anything I didn't want you to see, I'd use, yeah. you know, some other browser some other VPN. called Tor or I think Tails. that there's so much data out now. Everybody generates so much data and it's so much to sift through. That think of how many people are doing all the same things. Like, everybody's watching YouTube. was like, congratulations, Google. I watched YouTube today. Yeah. You don't need that. It's so almost not think, a big deal. Right? And so I think that the key to surviving in this age is... Just do normal people stuff on the internet. Like, don't do super weird. Like, don't be doing super weird shit. Like what? Because then your data, then your data stands out. Mm. You know what I mean? There's also like the potential for blackmail too. Exactly. Don't don't do anything you wouldn't do in real life. Mm. Because then you don't generate normal person data anymore. Stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, they stand out like. Or just do it on a different. Yeah, the, the, the example I could give is. Uh, I mean, no offense to anybody who does this, but um, it would be like it'd be like going to a black tie event in a furry costume. A furry costume. Yeah. A black tie event. A furry yeah, costume. like yeah, in a furry costume. I, I've think never how much, seen a furry in life. You know what I mean, like a like an animal suit. Yeah. Yeah, but like think of how much you'd stand out. So much. <laughs> right, and so. It's all about, I think the key to survival in this age is retain your individuality, critical thinking, mm. but then also in the sort of data sphere of the universe, don't stand out. Don't do anything you wouldn't regularly do in real life online. Mm. That's a good etiquette, I think. I wonder, so if the NSA monitors like certain software, and I'm sure the FBI has mm. like certain books and stuff that you flag, but I just wonder what that list looks like. Yeah, it's actually funny. What gets One of my, on there? One of my professors actually joked about this. He was Lebanese. Um, great philosophy professor. He's, uh, he's a great... You know who Nassim Taleb is? What? You know who Nassim Taleb is? Yeah. He's a Lebanese philosopher. Right? This guy was really good, but he joked that... He's like, yeah, I accidentally ordered the philosophy of Osama bin Laden on Amazon. As oh, like bin he, Laden? He, he, yeah, the book. Yeah, he accidentally like, ordered his book. And he was like, oh, and he was like, and he was joking, he was like, oh, crap, I'm definitely on a watch list somewhere. Probably. And then the next day, on a political science professor's freshman year, does like an intro class, and we do case studies. So we did a case study on ISIS and watched a couple like propaganda videos. Oh, boy. And my professor was joking, he was like, yeah, every time I go find these, there's like less and less. And so right then, I was like, oh, my God, the NSA totally has flagged my two professors and they're normal dudes. So one day they both were out and I was like, oh my God, they got a cave somewhere. <laughs> they, oh God. They might have. They might have. I, dude, I want the CIA to actually uh, release Bin Laden's diaries. Yeah. Actually, you know the man was an anime fan? 
Pilatum. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking. Dude, they found like video. They found video games and they found the anime Death Note in his files. Really? Yeah. I know he said that Joe Biden wasn't worth an assassination attempt, which is like the top ten worst things you can say about anyone. (laughs) But no, I think like actual Americans should like study his thought and actually know what he thought. Yeah. Just because he did fucking murder people for what honestly seems like seemingly no reason. Mm -hmm. It's also you have to know your enemy as well. There's a book I'm getting. called Unrestricted Warfare. It's by a bunch of couple Chinese generals. Mm-hmm. It's basically their uh, strategy on asymmetric warfare. Oh, Jesus. So I'm excited to read that. I'm... That's interesting, but it's also scary because China doesn't... Res- he doesn't... China doesn't see... In traditional Chinese philosophy, um, and, you know, this is not to be, like, racist or anything, but China has a theory of... Chinese philosophy occasionally works on a theory of cultural superiority... And I'm talking about this is like historical. This is like historical, and they're better than us. Yeah, that's why I'm worried about China and warfare because I, because because um, Japan has also done this too in the past. When either nation has gone to war, they have no respect for their enemies. The Japanese were ruthless. Yeah, and I expect the Chinese to do the same thing if they went to war with somebody. I'm sure they're ruthless. I want to learn more about um, Chiang Kai Shek. Oh, yes. Is he still alive? Is he? Chiang kai No, I don't think so. Is Ho Chi Minh still alive? No, Ho Chi Minh's dead. How, how dead is he? Like, very dead. Very dead? Ho Chi. Can't believe we lost Vietnam. Which, Ho Chi Minh is actually an interesting case of the U.S. fucking up. You know that Ho Chi Minh actually um, based... Played to the hippies? No, no, no. Ho Chi Minh, when he was writing, actually based the... Constitution of Vietnam off the Constitution of the United States. We were actually once allies of Ho Chi Minh during World really? War Two. Yeah. So much so that when No we were yeah, were then, we? yes we were. Against no, the Japanese? Yes. So much so they that invaded when invaded Vietnam? Yeah. So that. much so that when Ho Chi Minh, around comes around. Yeah, when Ho Chi Minh declared independence, actually there was like a B fifty two flyover. Oh really? Yeah, actually um no, there's a yeah, Flying Fortress flyover. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Tactical Operations Commander for the region was, like, there. Um, and that's the whole thing about Ho Chi Minh. When the French went to... Basically, when the French were losing Vietnam as a colony, Ho Chi Minh was the one re- leading that revolution. Mm-hmm. And basically, when we get involved with Vietnam, because the French lose, and essentially, like, like a wrestling match, tap us in. Oh, all right. right. Ho Chi Minh was not an actual communist. He was a communist. He used communism as a mean. He, his theory was to use communism as a means to unite the people. And then once the people are united, then we can engin- like we can engineer better. Like a better I haven't society. read enough of him to say whether or not he's an actual. communist. Yeah, he was not a he was not a Russian communist, in the sense. He was not. A, he was not a Stalinist. He was not. Uh, he was not a Maoist. Leninist. He was very... He was a Leninist. He was a very... He had... He was definitely a Leninist. No, no, no. He was a very grassroots... He was a very grassroots communist type of dude. Hmm. And he just wanted... He basically was like, yo, we got to unite the farmers. And that's where the United States got it wrong. Because they thought that, oh my God, if Vietnam goes communist, they're going to move in with the Russians. And Ho Chi Minh had no intention to do that. Hmm. But then... When the war kicked off, they the Russians were willing to give aid, so yeah. he was like, dope. 
We were worried about China giving them AIDS. Yeah. So we pushed Ho Chi Minh into the hands of our enemies. Yeah. What what happened in Cambodia with the communists? Oh, uh... With the Khmer Rouge and all that. That's the one I really know nothing about. The There's Khmer Rouge actually were communists. They're neo-primitivist. I don't know what that means. They well, basically thought... wanted, they wanted to go back to the Stone Age. Really? The Khmer Rouge hated... Every, they hated technology. They hated... Um, they hated modern values. And they also hated modern, like, Western values as well. Mm. So, like, do you know how the arc of history, like, bends towards justice? No. That phrase? You know that phrase? No, I've never heard it. It's an MLK phrase. Oh, okay. Right? Essentially, as, like, the world continues on... Gets it, more just. It gets more just. Hopefully. It pluralizes. Hopefully. People get more rights. You're like, we live... You know, we move towards liberal democratic republic, per se. Mm. And so... The Khmer Rouge were anti-pluralism. They were like, nope, the best thing for the Cambodia is to go back to the Stone Age. Mm. And they did that by killing all the professors. Yeah. Literally. No, I thought the professor, a lot of professors joined. No. They, Tom Sala had it in Intellectuals and Society. Well, primitive... Well, I think, explain this wrong. Primitivism is a philosophy. Mm-hmm. So, you of course, you would whack off every professor that isn't Oh yeah, yeah. You, you just know purge. what I mean? Yeah, so they purged purge anyone who they, they purge anybody who disagreed Classic. to the point where like they destroyed art, they destroyed temples. That's so sad when I hear about it that really in those is. countries. It really is. Because they wanted to like I said, they wanted to go back to Stone Age Vietnam to Stone Age Cambodia. And they mm. thought that was best. Damn. Yeah. Even those countries are becoming capitalist now. Yeah, and more and, freer markets. And I don't think you can lump the Khmer Rouge in with like communism, because I thought was, they were communists. Honestly. Yeah, no, you can't lump like you can't lump them in. Because the Khmer Rouge is essentially like we're gonna try to hit a reset button. Mm. I would actually call them. I would actually call them a um, neo primitivist fascist group. Dude, I think fascism and socialism are pretty much the same. I read the fascist manifesto a little while mm-hmm. ago. So is Antifa opposed to women's rights? Because the fascists were big on women's rights. The fascists were also big on the minimum wage. So is mm-hmm. Antifa opposed to the minimum wage? Question mark. <laughs> oh, yeah. What Dude, fasc- fascism hated capitalism. Like Hitler hated capitalism. Yeah. They hated communism, too. He did, he did. Fascism is literally just right-wing socialism, I think. Yeah, well, it's so wild, like, trying to, like, pin down what fascism is. And the best way I've been able to pin it down is... I think it's just state monopoly, but what what do you think it is? The best way to decide it is, yeah, state monopoly. Um, But fascism demands... What I said is, fascism demands a monoculture. Okay. But all those, all those totalitarian, um, Regimes. That's all. They, that's they're totalitarian. It is a monoculture. Yeah. So fascism demands a monoculture, mm. in which the dictator sets what that monoculture is, mm. and that's what I think the danger. That's what I think the true evil in fascism is. Because whoever that one leader is, he is. Com- they have a complete arbiter that can set what that monoculture is, and if yep. someone doesn't fit that monoculture, you get out. Or you get. You got to have to say, well, you can get out. Or I think you it's best maybe we whack you. Yeah. The, I read um, 
a piece by Mussolini, and I forget what it... It might have, it might have been the Fascist Manifesto, but I, I think it was something else. But he wrote how um, fascism was a, a totalitarian government where it was like a spiritual thing, where, you know, how you have, like, gods higher than yeah. the family, where the state was higher than the family, yeah. where it was, it was meant to fill the spiritual part of the individual. And Solzhenitsyn talks in... Um, the warning to the West and the archipelago, how um, these countries basically collapsed because the individual was facing a spiritual problem. Yeah. And it's like there was no meaning in their life. And I feel like a lot of people turn to politics to find meaning. What do you think of all that? And Young talks about it as well. No, you know, I actually agree with that. I think it's the fact that we have politicized a lot Mm. because I think, unfortunately, the last avenue people feel like people have essentially decided you know what the most direct way to get one of the most direct peaceful ways to get change done is politics i think so i think a lot of people think that i don't think that i think politics is the most inefficient way to do things just right. do it yourself just do it yourself um and it's all about empowerment as well because mm-hmm. if you empower the individual and the community to say that like you can also innovate you don't have to rely on who you put in office i think mm-hmm. we have an issue where we've become overly reliant on, yes, whoever we put in office should represent us, but we've become overly reliant on the government to solve all of our problems. Yeah. The government can help. The government can We're help. We're supposed to be rugged individualists. The government can help by helping to ensure, like, you know, access to opportunity. I don't even think they can help. I think they just fuck it up all the time. Well, that's what I think, the, not really help. I think that's one of the government's responsibilities. You know what I mean? Um, uh, providing you know, equal access opportunity, but other than and, um, you said you know defense protection of property, but I also think protection of longevity as well. Longevity of what? Well, think your life. Well, protection of oh, the of the country's life. Oh yeah, preserve yeah, itself. Preserve itself. Yeah, I think that goes along with stop like stop invasions. No, no, but I think it's look at it as a different sense. One of the reasons why the Soviet Union collect. Union collapse was it had huge ecological issues. Really? Yeah. And, and you can't plan it. Yeah, they had a couple famines. They had a couple famines. Classic the URLC is gone because they literally drained it for irrigation. Oh, and then really? they dug up the sand for glass because everybody could use it. Other slaves. Yeah, it was called, it's a, it's a um, tragedy of the commons and mm-hmm. ecological philosophy. And part of preserving a nation and preserving a country is also preserving its resource, its its ecology and its resource base. That is one thing I worry about with uh, unrestricted laissez-faire capitalism, mm-hmm. because it's um, it's almost an emergent phenomenon. Things like global warming, where it's like I go, I start my car, that really doesn't have an impact. But when we all get together, it has. That's when it has an impact, and the same goes with uh, water and stuff yeah. like that. But I think um, we just got to be really mindful about how we treat the environment like i tried to stop using plastic cups but i've used like four or five i had, yeah so i tried to use them as little as possible i've been pretty good about it honestly yeah I'm i hardly ever use them big about the i'm always been big about the reuse jared out here with the plastic water bottle fucking yeah, at least jared. Like, yeah at least recycle them but you better what even is recycling I hear about it all. I have no idea how it works. So I feel like material science is probably the 
the best thing to major in college. Should have oh, done yeah. that. Oh, dude, I love material sciences. I don't know anything about it. It is so, so cool. Like, have you ever heard of a fillerine? No. So a fillerine is a, it's a new substance we materially created at the um, molecular scale. A fillerene is essentially a, oh my God. It is a carbon lattice. It's a carbon buckyball lattice. Oh, I, th- I it's think a I carbon lattice. It's, it's a lattice with a carbon buckyball in it. And based on basically the fillerene is non-conductive <clears throat> and has incredibly high shear strength. Shear strength? Shear strength. What does that mean? So if I try to, there's two types of strength. There's like pull strength and then there's shear strength. Okay. All right. All right. So yeah, fillerenes have incredibly high shear strength. That if you hit something that's wrapped in like fillerenes per se, a fullerenes, uh, it can add hard, it can add toughness and hardness to an object. Really? So the best example I can give is if I could wrap one of your bones in filler, like let's say a bone in fillerenes, it would be incredibly hard to break that bone That'd be sick. because you would have to break the fillerenes, which have hard bone. shear strength, to break the bone. It's biohacking. It's biohacking. Um, and also, like, you, we could actually achieve, like, active camouflage with guanine nanocrystals. That's how, like, chameleons do it. Really? Yeah. By exciting a layer of guanine nanocrystals, uh, the crystals change their, um, change their shape. And so they reflect different wavelengths of light. That's how... Oh, that's how they... Yeah, uh... that's how they change their skin. Oh, all right. Right? And by basically, like, small muscles, like, changing the lattice, and their skin changing this lattice. The pattern of the, um... The pattern changes. Whoa. So if you could do that on the nano scale... I always wondered how that works. If you could use optical sensors to do that on a smaller scale, you could have individual panels match the surrounding environment. It's probably already something like that. Right? It's some... Some Material science... Dude, material science is wild. Like, metamaterials... I've never heard of those. I I like metaprogramming. Mm, metamaterials is basically constructing materials from the molecular level up. They have unique properties. Mm-hmm. So we can create med- metamaterials with little to no degradation. We can create uh, metamaterials like with, like the fullerenes with high shear strength. Um, we can make, create metamaterials that actually self de like that decompose after a while or or self assemble self assemble or self self assembly is crazy that's yeah, basically just what life is just self assembly of carbon self assembly what is also cool is uh ever heard of nano laminate no this is a cool metamaterial if you stack different layers oh do you know the process of like anodization no oh anodes anodiz anodization were you, is like, that just making something nanode or cathode? No, no. Uh, to anodize something. It's actually coding. No, I haven't heard of it before. So anodization is where you basically take a, uh, a metal, mm-hmm. you put it in a bath of ions, and so like water usually, mm-hmm. and then you put the object you want to coat in it. And when you put it, you basically, when you electrify the solution and change the current at certain times, you can get that material to actually adhere to whatever you want to coat. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, when you anodize something, it's like a metallic coating. 
And when you do it, it makes whatever that object is as hard as a ruby. Damn. Yeah. You actually have seen anodized materials like all the time. Um, You're looking around for one? I'm actually looking around. That's uh, paint. But have you ever seen like a piece of metal that's like colored, colored. and like still shiny? Mm-hmm. That's anodized. Okay. So nanolaminate is essentially anodization with different levels. Okay. With different materials. So what you could do... You can do a lot there with all yeah. the different materials. So you could basically create a, you could create one sheet of metal that has high shear strength, little to no degradation, and... It's you a can, lot to play around it's with. It's a lot to play around with by stacking things on the nano scale, like really thin layers. Damn. Right? So you could have something like high t- heat resistance, and it all depends on where you layer that metal and where. Mm. But also it makes it super hard to sample nanolaminate and figure out what it's made of. Which one's which. Yeah. And I'm sure it changes as it um, gets bigger, you know? It gets bigger. It's got to be scalable material, yeah. Yeah. One problem with it, with sort of like that as a metamaterial, is that it can still be overcome naturally. Like, the problem is you'll, depends on like how you build your nanolaminate, but it's going to be vulnerable to something. Mm-hmm. It might be like, I don't know, it might be vulnerable to bending at a certain angle. Mm. It, might, it might be vulnerable to, like, to a stretching force. Mm. There'll be trade-offs. There'll be, the there'll be trade-offs. But overall, it's cool stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I know nothing about that. Yeah, so I started doing my own like research into like, material sciences and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is some wild stuff. Like... Uh, it's crazy that they can engineer at that low of a level. They can. The molecular level. Like, you know the... How do you um, move molecules around? You know, I ever heard of a... I think it's a Peltier pump? No, I haven't. It uses the piezoelectric effect. Mm-hmm. And it basically it's a circuit. And the circuit runs between the internal machinery and the outside of whatever it is. And it's a heat exchanger. What do they use it for? Stuff Build, like your, building the stuff, the no stuff like your iPhones. Oh, the phone. The yeah, stuff like your iPhones like can work on a piezoelectric pump that basically tra- acts as a heat sink, sucking out heat from one side of the terminal to the other side of the terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, and preserving the energy. Yeah. Oh. It's a it's a really interesting cooling method. The only thing is, it can do a feedback loop where if one side's too hot. And then the other side, if one side's running really hot and the other side starts running really hot, the heat that it actually pumps out is less, like, it starts to feed back on itself. Mm -hmm. It can't cool to the level you want it to. So they haven't figured it out yet all the way. We have, but that's like when you you have an issue where it's like it's really hot outside and your iPhone tries to cool itself and it like can't. Mm. That's why. All right. But man, this is some this is some wild stuff. I totally suggest you get into suddenly on some material science. Dude, I'm already too busy with the computers. Ah, dude, so you know it's gonna those. it's gonna help with computers. I'm sure. I want to get down to where I can uh, explain how a computer works to the physics. Yeah, right. Especially the physics thing. Like <clears throat> with metamaterials, we're gonna get a whole new form of solid state drive. Mm. You know they have. Um, oh God, I think it was a. Is it an amino acid or a? Um, a DNA computer. 
Yeah. I mean, it was probably horribly inefficient, but it's still crazy that they can figure that out. Like... Not, not you, like a laptop computer. No, like, true. it was just compute. Like, it was... But would you be down with the idea of, like, DNA data storage? DNA data storage? I mean, what are you storing it for? Like, would you... Imagine if we can encode data... Um, oh, and preserve it? Yeah, encode oh, yeah, data yeah, yeah, into yeah. genes and, like, store it that way. Well, I mean, you wouldn't want to... Like, say you want to, like, take, like, Shakespeare. I wouldn't encode that in a gene and just slap it in someone. Yeah. But that what if, be, like... Uh, true, but what if the genes were, like, inert? Yeah, you never know. You never know. You never know. I mean, a lot of it is, quote-unquote, junk. But it's, like, if you put it in and it's not inert, you're fucked. Yeah, exactly. You know? Jesus. So, I mean, you could do it in, like, a less important <laughs> Bro, species. like, you inject something, like, like fucking Shakespeare, like, encoded Shakespeare, like, fucks them up. That'd actually be a pretty good way to store all the knowledge for aliens. Just right. encoding DNA. Because it's already self-replicating. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to have mutations and stuff, eventually. But, um... Yeah, that would be a good way to preserve information for so long. Right. Because that's literally what uh, what life is, just information storage and replication. But then, like, think about this for a second. How would the alien know, though, that it's Shakespeare? It's just going to seem nucleotides. It might not. But imagine if we found a way to, like, encode ourselves with data in the form of DNA, and it, like, wouldn't screw us up. Like, think about that. Would you be able to get it out, though? Like I what? think if you said like what would be the purpose if you just put it in? Well, if you put it in, like imagine like Corey, you got a record, you got the story of your entire family, and you encoded it into DNA. Literally, Assassin's Creed. You kind of like you know what I mean, and you put it into yourself. That way, when someone like let's say someone runs your DNA, like your your gene, like your DNA sequence, and like, and they well, just isn't that it way your like, genes already shit. are though. That's what your genes already it's are. It's just though. a data sequence, and then like they're like, holy shit, we found. A portion of this, which is, like, DNA data storage, we're matching it to, like, um, like computer code. Because part of this is... You'd you have, have to the, have something to translate yeah, you have to the, actual you have the, plain text. Working on this. You have the sequence. Uh, the nu- All the nucleotides are coded to... Um, letters in the alphabet. Letters in the alphabet. Or ASCII characters. Well, are actually coded to ones and zeros in, like, data. Oh, in like binary? In, in binary. Or in binary? Well, like, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or coding language. So when you run it, so when you sequence DNA with stored data, whatever you sequence them through is essentially looking at those pairs and then extract, not physically extracting, but reading, but basically translate that to, yeah, translating that to computer code, which eventually ends up in English. Mm. But imagine someone runs it, it's like, holy crap, this is this man's biography. That'd be sick. Yeah, like imagine if you could run... Everyone could write their own autobiography and pass it down to their kid. Right, pass it down to their kid. That'd be something else. Imagine being able to read family history in that way, like medically. Dude, I wish I could just know what all my ancestors did. Exactly, imagine if you could do that. Like, I don't know if you've ever read Dune. No, but I've heard of it. Actually, um, a piece of Russian malware was named after that. Mm -hmm. I forget which one, but um, what species of malware... But it was big on uh, one of the Dune characters. Sandworm. 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 Um, I hear it's good, though. It's so good. It's, uh, There's a lot of them. I've seen them in yeah. Barnes & Nobles. It's one, it's You're big on the fiction, huh? Yeah, one thing that's... Well, what's interesting about these books that I mentioned is they're science fiction, but they're a form of fiction called political science fiction. Yeah, yeah, so where they, they tell a story. Yeah, they like tell 1984. A, yeah, they something. tell a story... But they make a lot of implications and like observations, and also do a lot of philosophy in there as well. Mm. 
I like that. And so when I read these books, I listen to a lot of, a lot of them like on audiobook, and I say, you know, this is an interpretation of someone's interpretation of what the world could be, and in many cases, they're trying to convey something. Mm-hmm. So like when you read Hyperion, it's about seven pilgrims. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of a story in there for everybody, but it makes a commentary on religion, makes a commentary on like capitalism, makes a commentary on um, like the role of art, it makes a commentary on um, dogma, uh, war, and then one of actually one of the stories is like kind of Blade Runner esque, which is kind of wild. Um, but it's a really good, and also I it makes a really big commentary on like human evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find it so interesting that those authors can um, create a completely new world and then relate it to this world and tell their own opinions. Yeah, and that's rather why than I, stating their own opinions. Exactly. That's why books like Hyperion and like Dune and the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov are like, um, and of course you know H.G. Wells' The Time Machine are like the pillars of science fiction. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're doing anything. If you want to get a sense of the different ways, and also, oh, I'm sorry, Robert Heinlein's Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. If you want to get a sense of sort of the different philosophies of maybe how humans should live, read those books. And a lot of the times, there's a little bit of, there's actually a philosophical a dialogue between the two of them. Like between I, the two different books? Well, like yeah, the between, authors. Between the authors. Ah. If you Robert That's Heinlein, pretty interesting. It's interesting. Robert Heinlein's Starship Troopers is actually about um, one of the commentaries that he makes, and he was actually former U.S. Army during the Cold War, was that the United States has to actively and aggressively push the front against communism. Mm-hmm. And he essentially, the way he set that up was, in the book, you have our, like, the human Starship Troopers, and they fight bugs. It's an analogy. Yeah, they fight large communal colonies of bugs mm-hmm. who are aggressive. And those bugs are the new representative of communism and they're bugs. They're, they're faceless. You squash a ton of them a day. It also shows how communism strips individuality. Yeah. But... It really does. Right? But also Isaac Asimov responded to that in Foundation essentially said, like, Heinlein, you're making a... Dis- you're essentially saying that there's a sort of xenophobia here because if people aren't on your life, like aren't on your national philosophy, you have to push them. You are essentially saying you have to push them back and potentially exterminate them. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is ironically what the communists were doing. Which is like, yeah. And so in a way, Heinlein was like, we got to do exactly what the communists are doing. Yeah. Like we need to fight communism by literally exterminating, like pushing it back and exterminating it. Mm-hmm. Just as the communists want to do, the, the started thing. doing started doing the same thing. It ultimately exterminated itself. Yeah, exterminated itself. It's like a cancer, right? It's like a tumor that ate it's itself. It's like a tumor, and so Heinlein treats communism as a form like relates communism to xenophobia. Like we have to look, we have to be xenophobic of communism. Mm. And it's the tolerance paradox, right? And so Asimov in his foundation books, actually passes back against that and says, you know what? By seeing everybody as, you know, American versus everybody, Us versus or them. like capitalism versus everybody, in this sort of xenophobia sense you're saying, you are, 
you're being closed-minded to alternate like you're being closed-minded to um different lifestyles that actually might or like different outlooks different perspectives and different lifestyles certainly actually, a possibility yeah, yeah that's a other you're, you're cutting yourself off to other realms of possibility that actually might be uh that you could start a dialogue with and mm. get solutions and come together and create a solution I think it's a good critique. I just don't yeah. think the communists were actually interested in that. I don't think they're interested <laughs> in that. But in, they were trying to kill people. Oh no, I agree. But the dialogue between these two books is essentially That's so interesting you need to be open to other government perspectives. Way. Yeah, and Asimov is like, yeah, capitalism is good, but it's not the best system. Maybe they'll maybe we'll get something better. Yeah, it certainly. We need could to maybe be. work towards something better. Could get can always get better, right? Yeah, and Do that's you, what he essentially that talks about in Foundation. Do you think you can measure creativity? Because that's like a whole different type of... Cre- like, I know you can measure IQ and stuff. I don't, think you, can measure, I don't think you can measure creativity. Yeah, I don't think either. I don't think you can either. The only way you could measure it is if you gave someone a task, right? Mm-hmm. And if you said, okay, solve this task however many ways. And if you can solve it more ways, then you're more creative. But more creative. that's so impractical. But that's really what creativity is. It's a task in different ways. I don't... I think it's... I would say it's a little bit different. Okay. Um, there's a book called The World Could Be Otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's a very spiritual book. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm reading right now. It's really good. Um, Who's it by? God, there's so many things bumping around in my head. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll text you a picture. Reader's of block. Reader's block. But... One of the cool things about just thinking of the, I, the, it's stuck in my head a lot, like the phrase, the world could be otherwise. Yeah, it's the butterfly effect. I mean, you change one thing, your life's completely different, right? Not really, but I took it as an open-mindedness. Of creativity is allowing, the portion of creativity for me is allowing yourself, retaining a sense of wonderment mm. and fascination, then also continuing to dream that, you know what, and innovate that maybe the world could be different. Mm. Like so, being optimistic. Yeah, maybe the, maybe tomorrow could be like, can be different. Mm. And so I think one of the issues we have today in our society is that we actually like to squash, sort of, you know, we 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 say something is impossible and encourage people to not think about it. Yeah, it's, some people like to drag others down. You know what I mean? The impossible is only temporarily impossible. But there are some things yeah, that there are, are impossible. There yeah, I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? So it's like I no think, one thought we would get to the moon. Yeah, we got to keep the door open it. that like, hey man, we keep, everybody keep dreaming because who knows, you might think of something that's like a smashing idea. Something could always change. That would, yeah, make the world a better place. It could be otherwise. Uh, and speaking of that, um, I, I have a dating rule for myself. You have a dating rule? Yeah, which is, one of the first questions I ask is... Um, What's something that fascinates you? That fascinates you? I'm going to ask that. Yeah, I ask that every time. I'm going to ask that And it brings out, like, to see if the person actually, like, is dreamer as, like, a sense of wonderment. Got to see if they have, like, a brain or not. Yeah. (laughs) I'm talking to someone right now, and she loves, she's a linguist. She loves everything with foreign languages. Mm Mm-hmm. And I asked her, like, yo, what's something that fascinates you? She's like, I'm so interested in how languages get created and, like, promulgated. Like, who came up with this? Yeah, that's a. And I was like, "That's I was like, yo, that's so cool." Paul, you know who Paul Graham is? 
Yes. He, he has this book, Hackers and Painters, but he mm-hmm. talks about how uh, computer languages get created and, like, the prerequisites and, like, what a great language is and what, um, like, how to... What, what's a language that programmers want or hackers want? Um, but it's almost like computer languages and human languages are pretty similar. Very similar. Because it's just, they have their own grammar, and it's basically just conveying information. Yeah. It's all about the conveyance of information. But, but um, human languages are more flexible. Like, they can change easier. Yeah. But they're... Monkeys don't speak, do they? Do they just howl? No, they speak. Do they? It's tonal. They just grunt and stuff? Yeah, it's tonal. Because what, at what point in the evolutionary... You know there are other species of humans, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, I got my 23 and me back. I'm like... Pardon pretty, me, Neanderthal. Dude, pretty Neanderthal. Oh, yeah. Pretty Neanderthal. Got slaughtered. Someone interbred when they weren't <laughs> supposed to. So I guess I'm primitive. But, um... I wonder if those other humans spoke, too, or if they spoke the same languages. I'm pretty sure they all spoke. I don't know. You would have to look at their facial structure, I guess. Because it's like the shape of their mouth. It depends on how they spoke. Yeah. Or if they spoke to each other. Because, like, we started communicating out in, like, a tonal language. What do you, just grunts? Yeah, in, like, different different. That's how I still speak. (laughs) 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 Classic caveman speech. Yeah, you know what I mean? But it's also funny because certain tonal language has have actually persisted. Like Japanese, Mandarin, um Oh my god. Yeah, Japanese man I think those are the only two other, oh Japanese Mandarin and Arabic are tonal languages. Really? Yeah. It depends on where you put the inflection on something and how. There was um so the ancient Greeks, they didn't have the the word for blue. Mm-hmm. Like, they knew the color existed. But when they would talk of the sea, they would call it purple. So Nassim Taleb, he wrote this book called Anti-Fragile, which is the opposite of fragile. So if you're fragile, you get stressed, you break. If you're anti-fragile, you get stressed, you're stronger. You're stronger. So we're... There are things that are anti-fragile. So we basically invented that word, but how we were not... Not blind to something. We were just culturally blind to that and how the ancient Greeks were culturally blind to the color blue because they didn't have a word for it. Exactly. And there's just some things we just can't describe, especially with changes of consciousness and stuff like that. We just don't have the... um, Yeah, there's things that have to be experienced and not... What would be the... I wonder what would be the best upgrade you could give to the human language that would allow us to communicate better. That's actually a really good one. Yeah. Oh my god. Sorry to put I, you on the spot. No, like no, that. I like this. Best upgrade to the human language. I'm trying to stop saying yeah and say yes. yes. That's what I'm working on. I don't know if it's that big of an upgrade, but Um, I think the biggest upgrade to the human language that would make communication better um is I think we need We need the ability to create a phrase or a mannerism that allows us to pause and consider. Mm. You know what I mean? Mid-conversation? Yeah, mid-conversation. Be like, hey, like, for like, sometimes I'll, like, stop mid-conversation. Someone asks me something. But not like, let me think about it. Something yeah, else. Something yeah. else. Like, sometimes I'll be having conversations and someone will ask me something and I'll be like, wow, I really got to think about that. And I'll be like, 
Maybe there's maybe there's another another language that has a word like that. Yeah. And we can just borrow it. Or a or a word that's like or a phrase. That's like, hey, I need to good question. I need to consider this more. I'll get back to you with an answer. Mm. But just one word. Yeah. So it's not a mouthful. You know what I mean? Or like I don't even know what I mean. I I like the word implications a lot because I'm sometimes like, wow, you know, that question has a lot of implications. Hold on, let me let me think about that. And I'll get back to you. Mm. Like or like something like implicative. It'd be like, yeah, that's a, that's implicative. Can I get back to you on that? Mm. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of people are more holistic than our current lexicon, the popular than our current popular lexicon that's on popular dialect. Yeah, yeah. everything we're already dude. Word choice is important. It conveys details. It is. Phylogy. Phylogy, yeah. So Phylology. Phylogy. And so the a lot of times I found that people have middle grounds to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But the way that we communicate, we oftentimes lose that middle ground. So if we can find a way or a phrase basically be like, I need to like, like give me a bit to generate my own point and I'll get back to you. Yeah, so if you, like, kind of agree with something, but, like... Yeah, say some need to, conversation, be need like, to pause, elaborate I'm gonna, more. I'm gonna, like, pause, I'm gonna think about this, and then I'm gonna give you my answer. So you're almost slowing the co- pace of conversation yeah, you need to Yeah, you need to slow the pace of conversation down. That's interesting. And that's just, like, a notice for it. It's like a yield sign. It's almost. a yield sign. And I personally do, I'm like, hold up, I'm like, tell people, like, they'll ask me something, and I'll leave it, like, just a second. That'd be interesting. Think over, See, I'm too I'll fast. I'll put up my hand. I'll be like, just a second. Think about it. You know. Meditate on meditate it. Meditate on it for a little bit. And then answer. You know what I mean? Because I want to make sure that um, what I convey, what I convey is like, A, my sincere thoughts and like my most genuine thoughts. Makes sense too. Yeah, it makes Sometimes sense. when you think in your head, it's just yeah. like. And most genuine thoughts. Because it's way too, I think it's way too, with our lexicon especially, it's way too easy to lose the middle ground and also to accidentally throw yourself onto a side. Mm. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. You know, say some people, other people are like, oh, are you, the, like, oh, so you, you must be this. I'm like, whoa, hold up. I be, like, the whole gun control thing is like, it's never how, how, one or the other in anything. Yeah, it's, not, it's never one or the other. Especially with people's opinions. They're so diverse. Exactly. And so I think we need to... Obviously you lean one way. Yeah, but we, you know, we need to create phrases that express... More variability. To express you know, the fact that this is open-ended and a more holistic opinion. Mm. Yeah, there's a, a more, problem with... A more holistic with, uh, opinion that's indicative of oneself. Categorizing people as this or that is almost too abstract and it really just betrays the complexity of things it, 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 it betrays the complexity of what it means to be human and it yeah it betrays individuality yeah so I think the ancient Greeks and Romans had by having so many different words and just of how they were forced to communicate and the means that they did their critical thinking philosophizing you could you could have you could have um Consent, you know, dialogue where you all reach a consensus. Mm. I want to read more about, um, like, more of the ancient philosophers. Oh, yeah. So I read Seneca. Mm-hmm. I read some of his stuff. I read a little bit of Tacticus, but I want to read Aristotle, Plato, and all that stuff. 
Have you read the Discord? Uh, you should read the Discourses of Livy. Uh, Was that by Seneca? By or... Machiavelli. I haven't read that. I've read The Prince, though. Okay, so read The Prince and then read The Discourses on Livy. Okay. Because he actually has a forward in The Prince, which is like... Sorry, not The Prince. Uh, the Discourses on Livy, where he goes, I would have liked to publish this book earlier, but I couldn't. Um, and what's really cool is uh, Machiavelli was very forward-thinking. He was actually a Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, Democratic At the time Repub- when they were kings. Yeah, a Democratic Republic guy. And he writes The Prince... As an advice to the kings. Mm. But he knows that the end of, like, the monarchy will come. And so he essentially, through the prince, helps engineer the end of the monarchy. Or, like, the, the evolution of the monarchy into the Democratic Republic. And writes the Discourses on Livy as a handbook to do that. Really? That's yeah. interesting. The Discourses on Livy is essentially his interpretation of the Roman philosopher Livy... And the creation of the Roman Republic. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely read that down. That right. sounds wicked good. And so it's basically like, you should do this for your society, for your Republic, because it does, it creates strong citizens. He actually has a point where you're like, oh, he goes, the state should enforce, like, it's important for the state to not outlaw religion. But it's also important for the state to, um, like, have ritual like gatherings and festivals or rituals were engaged kids uh-huh. in because he goes these are community builders oh yeah, yeah. And he explains that through the parable of something called the chicken men i'm definitely reading this yeah it's really interesting there was a um a french philosopher i believe his name was la boletti mm-hmm. who wrote it's basically the opposite of the prince so it's how the individual wages war on the state um it's basically yeah it's the anti-prince but the funny thing is he was like a member of parliament so it's rather ironic it's a good read though he makes some good points against statism which is basically the overarching um I'd say like meta philosophy behind both of our political parties they're just statist have you read Edmund Burke no but I've heard of him he's on my list too please he's Irish yeah, please read Edmund Burke. Side with the United States, too. Good man. Yeah, and also, please, um, I think it's Letters on the French Revolution. By Burke? By Burke. Okay. So he's, like, he gets, he's writing to this dude in France about the French Revolution, and this guy he's writing to is just like, ah, oh, man, this revolution is, like, dope. We're finally getting, like, everything we want. And Burke was like, it's cool that you guys are going through a revolution, but I'm a little bit worried for y'all. Because you guys are just destroying everything. Yeah, they were guillotine. And he was like, it's a bad idea to start from scratch. It is. Well, I mean, you can't even start from scratch. Yeah, and Burke... It's impossible. Burke is like a... a, fantasy. Burke is a very, like... He's... He's actually conservative. Mm. He's very reflective of... I would say, what American conservatism should be. Mm. He says, the state should evolve and adapt, but we have to make sure that we keep... That we retain the core. The Fabians were a little like that too. Yeah. The Fabian socialists, where they didn't want drastic change, they wanted to do it gradually. Right, exactly. And that's just, I think it's just smarter to do that. Yeah, and that's what Burke advocates. Um, and that's actually what the founding fathers, like, kind of thought they were going for when mm-hmm. they read him and they were like, ah. And that's what American conservatism should have been. I just hate both the political parties. I think... Can't even register to vote as a libertarian. Exactly. I think... I, I on, worry because we're getting... 
because political violence has been is getting normalized. Yeah, it really should. I hate when people um are like, oh yeah, we should have war <laughs> casually. Like you're. Oh, I did. You know, what you gotta listen to. I listened to this podcast. It's gonna have the worst thing in humanity. Yeah, I listened to this podcast called Popular Front. I think I've heard of that before. Yeah, I, I think don't I told think you I've about it. To it you should listen to it. Uh, it's independent conflict journalism. Guy who does it, his name is Jake Hanrahan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he you told me about. Yeah, this he did an episode on what the Boogaloo Boys actually were. Who's that? The uh, Hawaiian shirt dudes who show up with ARs. Oh, what they actually are? Yeah, there's a lot of different movements. Of like versions of the Boogaloo Boys, but at the end of the day, they're an accelerationist movement that's like pro Second Civil War. Yeah, they're retarded. Some of the, some of them are Proud Boys, some of them are socialists, some of them are fascists, some of them are just anti. Why the Hawaiian shorts shirts? I don't know. I don't know how that came. So I guess people were calling people with Hawaiian shirts racist because of those people. Yeah, you know what Tim Kennedy is. Yeah, he was so he just started rocking a Hawaiian shirt twenty four seven. He's a badass. But he, I, I was, this podcast was like, when I listened to the episode, it was really eye-opening. I was like... How do you join? Oh, it's, it's free on YouTube. No, no, no. The, uh, the, the Boogaloo? Yeah. They got like... Can I have dual membership with them and Antifa? <laughs> I actually, low-key, he was... Hanrahan was talking about this. He was like, get in? He was like, yeah, some of the Boogaloo boys are actually like down with Antifa, and some of the Boogaloo boys are down with the Proud Boys. At least the Boogaloo boys are intellectually diverse. You're right? And Antifa's it was so weird. And some of them were like... So was QAnon, too one-sided. But the Boogaloo boys, nice moderate centrist. And also some of the Boogaloo boys were like Boogaloo and BLM. Really? Yeah. Really? Some, yeah. So they were definitely wrong about the Hawaiian shirts being racist. Whoever but that's the whole said thing. That. The boog- the loudest of the Boogaloo boys, the most racist, are the Proud Boy yeah. ones. Oh, that's what they call themselves, the Proud Boys. Well, the 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 ones that are associated with the KKK, are the boog- faction of the Boogaloo boys, which are the loudest, okay. and they are the ones who are like, uh, Civil War Two Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, no Civil War. No either. Civil War Two. We're good. We're I'm I'm. I'm good with that. One was enough. I mean, if it's worth fighting, like, if I were to defend myself, like, there's obviously a line, right? Where you have to go to war. Yeah, I don't think... But it's not. But that's the whole point. Now. Those They're, people are just trying to, like, be cool. Right? Yo, bro, war. And that's the whole deal. They're, like, an accelerationist <laughs> movement. So they think that, like... Trying to start shit. They're trying to start shit. Yeah. Whether it's with the cops, whether it's... The you know, rappers. with BLM, whether they're Mark trying to get breakers. BLM to fight the cops, yeah. whether they're trying to get Antifa to, like, fight um, the Proud Boys and vice versa, they just basically, at the end of the day, they they're sort of, antagonist. like, yeah, they're antagonists. But I wouldn't say it's almost a meme. They're, they're almost absurdist in a way. Absurdist? Yeah, they're almost like, well, fuck it, we'll just burn it all down. Yeah, that is just just be able to just be able to do it. I don't know how you could come to that position. Should I have him on the podcast? I don't. I don't think you could find him. I probably could. I probably wouldn't even like him. Who should I? Who if I if I were to have like a a uh, notorious person on? Who would you like to have on? A notorious person on, huh? Well, notorious, famous, or like I don't know. Look, he. I think it would be kind of wild if we, 
it would be kind of cool to do on like one of these wild podcasts, like with Joe Rogan, do like a podcast within a podcast. Oh, I would totally do one. That'd be I'm not going wild. on his, but he can come on mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could totally, you could totally come on ours. You, you listen to Joe Rogan? Uh, I've listened to some of his bits. Is it really? Inter- I like. I love. I want hundred believe that Joe Rogan should have like, um, moderated one of the debates. Dude, the problem is with the debates; they're not actually debates. But yeah, yeah he asks good, great questions, and he's so balanced. But, dude, I started listening to Joe Rogan in, like, high school. That's what, like, really... This is honestly modeled after a show where you just yeah. talk. No, so rare nowadays. Yeah, so rare. What's also what I really like is Joe Rogan is one of the rare, like, podcasts with, like, interpersonalities. Be like, yeah, you know what? I said something stupid. Oh, yeah. He says he's that, all the time He's he like, yeah, this is something stupid. Yeah, he's humble, um, dude. He, he, Don't do this. He's more responsible than most major media platforms. You know what I mean? And I, I appreciate... And this guy whatever, has like a DMT tattoo. You know what I mean? Like, like, people have criticisms of Joe Rogan. The one the one thing I'll give him, and I really appreciate this, I'm like, dude, you come out and like own it if you like fucked up or said something stupid. Because yeah. you realize that your voice like carries. I don't even know if he realizes it. He always talks about how like when he's on the show, he doesn't like think about the millions of people listening. Mm-hmm. But he just has so many diverse people on. Yeah, and that's the bomb. Yeah, and he just talks to cool people all day. And he's a fucking comedian. His stand-up's funny, I too. I don't know if you like stand-up. I do like stand-up. His stand-up's pretty funny. And he does the UFC fights. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, Joe. Good old UFC. Busy? What do you think of those guys? The UFC fighters? Yeah. Oh, What do you think makes them do that? God. One of my friends is actually trained to be a UFC fighter. My yeah. friend Mike Salazar, he just does that as a hobby. Um... But, you know, he's a mixed martial artist. Uh-huh. And I was talking, I was with Jared, actually, watching the fight in New York. And Jared's friend... The McGregor was, one? Yeah. Jared's friend Ruth was like, yo, I've watched a lot of these fights. And I go, he goes, I realized that after a while of getting hit so much, you just kind of become a psycho. No, your brain gives out. Yeah. Some your of, brain damage. Some of, the, some of these... Your cells explode. Yeah, like some of these, some of these fighters, holy hell, they're gonna have short lifestyle, like sport yeah, lives. It's pretty sad, but uh, it, it is. Same with footballers too. Yeah, but especially UFC, I think it, they burn you out so quick, and then another thing is you gotta know when to retire. It, it becomes an ego. That's the hard thing because you're like, at the you're at the top of the world. You know, like you're yeah. you're a fucking alpha male, like, so McGregor it's hard coming to retire. Down. I'm not going to tell him what to do. but I'm not going to tell him what to do. You know. But I was like, Conor McGregor, like, dude, you're at the top. He just makes so much money, dude. Tap even out when you're at the top. Bro, he even broke when he his fucking leg. loses. Even when he loses, dude, he makes so even much money. Even when he loses. But he, Plus, those guys have such a competitive instinct, too, where it's like, they don't know what to do when they retire. Exactly. Like, what are you going to do all that? Exactly. What are you going to do? Besides train. Like, they train for decades. Well, that's why I, that's why I feel that there are alternate outlets. A lot of them open, like, gyms and stuff. Yeah, do that. Like, Pass your knowledge on. You know what I mean? Be a triathlon. Yeah. Triathlete. Just placate yourself yeah, into another Yeah, McGregor sport. being a triathlete? Maybe he could. There's these one dudes, the Diaz brothers. I guess they're, like, big on, uh... They smoke weed all day. But they, um... They're big on, um... Like, the triathlon stuff. Yeah, triathlon. Like swimming. That's the way to do it. They're psychos, too. Oh, man, Dylan likes them. I don't follow the UFC that much. Psychos. Also, UFC has an organization. See, I like mixed martial arts. Sick. Like, you, yeah, but UFC as an organization is just kind of like, eh, you're not the greatest thing. To... A lot of people don't like you're it. You're the best thing ever. Yeah. 
a lot of the American sports organizations are like that. Uh, yeah. But I mean, they did like hire Greg Hardy after he beat his wife, so it's like, no, not really a great Yeah, and Mayweather after he beat his wife. Yeah. That's why I wanted Pacquiao to kick his ass. Mm. A lot of the things with the domestic violence, too, is they... Like, I'm not making excuses for them, but I'm, as an explanation, like, they do have brain damage. Exactly. To the point where they, some of them actually can't control themselves. See, and that's why... But at that point, you need to retire. You see, that's why I also want to go see a therapist. Because, like, UFC as an organization burns these people out. They're all fucked up. They don't get paid a lot either. They don't get paid a lot. And then you got all these, like, domestic violence issues, and it's like, dude, you got to take... Like, yo, UFC, if you're going to put people through this, you got to take care of them after. Mm. It's like the whole, like... Uh, veteran conversation is like holy fuck yeah I definitely think they should be getting paid more they put their they literally die out there they, they need to get die. they need to get more support you know what I mean mm-hmm. like if I'm a, if I was a UFC fighter I'd like to have access to three fa- to free to, to free therapy whenever I want and I mean that's just something they should offer them. I was like dude if you need to the problem is if you go see a therapist you're not gonna be angry as fuck when you go in the octagon <laughs> oh true 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 but I mean like they have to have access to like some of those support services not just medical mm. it, might, it, it might not even be that it might just be the straight brain damage too true even with like the NFL players dude like Aaron Hernandez had staged like four or three CT oh, and the guy was only like 20 something it's like fucking your brain cells explode, yeah, you know. Oh, your computer's getting fucked up. Pretty much. Just fucking breaks. It's really a machine that just breaks. Out. But a lot of them struggle with depression. Yeah. Too. Oh god. This is why I like watching football and this stuff, but I feel bad every time I watch it. Yeah, I, re- I wish I didn't play as a kid, honestly. It's fucking terrible for your brain. Probably gonna have, you know, some of those disease is probably not as severe but no but I also hopefully. think that doing what you do now I think you doing what you do now you probably healed most of it dude I don't know if you heal that shit uh you can I mean I keep my you, brain active you, you I know, know what you're can, saying you can forge alternate pathways yeah I keep my brain active but yeah you know think how many people retire and don't do that yeah but yeah I do yeah I don't even like watching football now that I know that that uh a lot of them just fucking... All of them have severe brain damage. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, like... We Americans love our violence. I mean, it's part of life, no? Nah. Yes. You gotta control it. Yes. But we... People say that we have a culture of death. In America? Yeah. Nah, we don't have a culture of death. No, no. The, the, Do the, we? Yeah, the big... One of the biggest social criticisms of America from Europe is that we have a culture of death... Well, they're all pussies over there. Oh, <laughs> and the most they thing don't have that, guns. Well, that's what they kind of harp on. It's like, A, America doesn't have a great mental health infrastructure, doesn't have a great health infrastructure, and we let you all have guns. I do think mental health awareness is... You know what I mean? And I, to well, be honest, I think they have a point. Because I'm like, if you have angry, mentally unhealthy people... They're going to go on mass shoot. They're going to go on mass shoot. <laughs> That's the extreme, though. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't... Dude, those people... I don't know what the... F- I don't even believe some of those people have a subjective experience with what... With how... With how, like, horrible the things they did. Like, they just walk into a crowd and start shooting people. Like, yeah. I really f- find it hard to believe that you're... Like, you have consciousness. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, honestly think they're alive. I, I wonder about that, too. 
like recently there was a guy who was busted. Um, he wanted to kill three thousand women at Ohio State. He was caught. Yeah, that's fucking retarded. And he wanted to. He said he was gonna, wanted to target <laughs> sorority girls, and he said this. Why? He, his reason was because he's been, you know, he's been rejected by women. Dude, what did, the fuck, bro? Right? And I was like, yo. Just go on no fat I saw that, and start working out, I saw, See, I saw that and I was like, yo, what the fuck? I was like, yo, that's pretty fucked up. That's going to get you closer to getting laid. Fucking right? And of course, they caught this dude. Like, he got arrested. But it gets like, but it gets me thinking, like. He's just angry, angry. Yeah, I'm angry. like, dude. I was like. Psychologist's got to check this dude out. Mm. He's angry about something or some insecurity. Which eventually led him to being like, I got to kill, try and kill 3,000 people. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. At least with, at least with, you know, like a terrorist or, I mean, I guess even a dictator. At least they have an ideology where they can fool themselves. Yes. But I, those people I don't think have an ideology. Yeah, I think... I mean, it, I guess the serial killers just do it for, some of them do it for pleasure. True. I think it's a thing where, like I said, with mental health, like people don't understand how to cope what even is coping like what do we mean i think coping is just enduring like dealing with it that's what i think like coping sounds like not to me it sounds like a negative term almost. you know you you are right um i don't i feel like there's a better word for that yeah, yeah, yeah no, even no, dealing you're, with you're right you're right or getting over something that is uh oh I know what you mean, but... Yeah, I don't think cope is the right word. Like, people... Hey, it's hard. People don't know how to ask for help. Yeah, that's a like, big that's part. A, that's a big thing. Especially for guys, I yeah. think. Definitely way more so for guys. Right? And then... Because guys, you're not supposed to be vulnerable. You're not supposed to be vulnerable. Or you feel like you're not supposed to be vulnerable. Um, and then, like, another big thing about this is... You know... We all like there's there's social pressures like everywhere. Yeah, but that's natural. But I also think that like in this the social media age, we've generated new unprecedented pressures. The status signaling age. Yeah, the the status signaling age. And so I think in combination with that, like we we drive people into like having mental health issues, mm. and then they don't know what to do. They blame it on somebody else. And be slowly, slowly... Start they don't pushing. take responsibility yeah. for their uh, their own mental health. Their own mental health. Well, they don't know how to ask for help. They don't know how to seek the services. And we slowly are pushing them into becoming mass shooters. Well, I wouldn't say we. I mean... Well, I think it's like inadvertently. Our you, society inadvertently pushes yeah. them into mass shooters. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I just don't think they're conscious. There's no way. There's no way. Or I think they've dehuman like whatever they've targeted, they've dehumanized. Oh yeah, you have to. Even people that go to war have to do that. Mm. Just because you're, you're part of the same thing, right? If you're a human, you're part yeah. of the same thing. So you have to, like what like what you said, dehumanize, to where that person's not part of, you. Well, I think the the slightly difference is like. When you go to war. There's still a slight of respect, slight respect for your enemy. You know what I mean? Mm. And the fact that he can do the same thing I'm doing to you. If you're wise. If you're wise. If you're cocky, no. But in the case of mass shooters, 
um, it's complete dehumanization. So essentially, like, yeah, if you if you look at their manifestos, they're like, oh, I don't even want to read like that if you shit. if you ever like seen pieces of their manifestos, a lot of mass shooters, you know, essentially say that they're like calling some something that's not. They they make allusions to calling. They make allusions to their victims not being human and essentially needing to be cold. Cold? Cold. What do you mean cold? Like, kill. Like, a culling. Oh, like oh, exterminate. Yeah, like exterminate. All right, all right. You know what I mean? And in that sense, it's... You've allowed yourself to become either, you know... There's some process that's gone on in your brain to remove attributes of humanity from whatever it is you're going to shoot. Whoever it is you're going to shoot. Plus, you don't even know those people. Exactly. So it's almost like you can't even feel it. Yeah, and I think that's, like, even, like, worse. So, like, the Walmart shooter we talked about one time, like, he went through a process. I mean, he, he went, in order to do what he did, he went through a process where he eventually saw people who were Hispanic as not human. Mm. I wonder how, how long fu- it takes. Yeah, how, a, how long does it take, and how the fuck do you get there? Mm. It's definitely different for all of them, but... How the hell do you get there? Mm. How do you get out of there? Yeah. Because if you figure out the way to get out of there, for some people it would be... uh... I feel like if you just had one... Like, if the day before... If the day before you're going to do a mass shooting, and you just have, like, a solid day, you know? It's not even a good day. You just had, like, a solid day where, like... Someone holds the door for you and mm-hmm. says like hello. I feel like that'd be enough to just like stop it. If you yeah. just if you just held the door for someone, looked him in the eye, smiled, and said hey. I feel like that would be enough to like all right. Yeah, give them some hope. You know yeah, and you've like seen just communicate hey, you've with them. You've you. This happens sometimes. You've seen incidents where like someone's gonna go do something, and one person was like, exceptionally nice to them, or just like in the moment was like hey and just like talk to them and they didn't commit a mass shooting that could be the answer just being kind yeah I think uh, part of the answer and I said this during COVID unfortunately we lost a student this year um, not to COVID um, Mm. yeah we lost a student this year and it was like really sad good dude um you know, I'm out of respect. I'm not gonna say like a lot out of respect, but I attended the wake. No, I'm sorry. I attended the vigil that the school held, and I went with a friend. And I turned to my friend Alex, and I, my boy Alex, and I go, "Hey, you know what I mean? Like, this is this is why. Like, especially now, you gotta like be extra. Like, it's gotta be nice to people. Like, this is why you can't be an asshole to people mm. or like a dick to people because you don't know what they're going through. Yeah, but if it's like. You could push like, them over the edge. You could push them over the edge. I'm like, you could push them over the edge. Don't want to be the needle. To exactly. Take the camel's back. You could push them over. You could push anybody over the edge. And you have no idea who that'll be. Like, who that'll be. Mm. I mean, you really just don't know the consequences of your actions. Exactly. And I was like, this is, this is especially now in this hard time. Well, we've got to put in the extra effort. Even post-COVID, just got to put in extra effort. Hopefully it's fucking over. True. We've got to put in extra effort to just be nice. I think that's a good place to end it. Actually, yeah, I was about to say that. All right. Thank you, Mr. Chase. Hey, not a problem. Always good to be here.
Three hours, 14 minutes. God damn. That's a... We should split it in two. Split it in two? Split it in two. I don't know if I have the editing skills for that, but I'm pausing it.